The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio, Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. of British Columbia to you listening around the world. This is Spaced Out Radio with host Dave Scott. They let us play with all our toys. They let us think that we're big boys. They let us make a lot of noise but we're in the world. They let us think we're Superman. You can follow us on our website spacedoutradio.com on iTunes and tune in. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. On Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show, or on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Are you playing with Bigfoot and aliens again? Uh, Dad, you gotta stop haunting the goat. It's scaring them. All right, seriously, put down the pointy sticks. Word is. Alright, alright, alright. Buckle up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Space Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff. Seriously, Dave? Really? Aren't you a little old for a tinfoil hat? I am. Toby. Bye-bye. Yes, you. Bye-bye. Kickers, please take your seat of our roll. There will be a good chance to take off. 
Dave Scott, here's James Tyson. Hello, everybody. It's James Tyson. Welcome to Spaced Out Radio. Dave Scott is out of here tonight. That's it. He's coming back from Boston tomorrow. And I want to thank everybody for joining us as I broadcast to you from my little log cabin on the 13th floor of the Spaced Out Radio headquarters here in the paranormal portals of the lower left Canadian coast, or what we like to call Cascadia. And a big shout out for those who are listening on WQEE 99 Rock the Key in Noonan, Georgia, at our uh, website at spacedoutradio.com on Spreaker. On the United Public Radio Network, Renegade Talk Radio, the High Plains Talk Radio Network, and Radio Guide FM, Talk Stream Live, and on Stitcher, and those people on iTunes, and tune in, and left and right, and take a good look at your radio, see what make it is, and your computer, and thank you for listening to us on those devices too, wherever they are around the world. Uh, we allegedly go out to a 160 countries and like i always say i really hope some of them speak english and uh whatever it is vanessa speaks but um we're <laughs> we'd like to welcome everybody tonight to the reporters and with us on the reporters is denise garcia now she is an educator by day and a radio show host paranormal investigator and researcher by night She's born in Brownsville, Texas, and as far back as she can remember, Dee has been interested in the paranormal and unexplained phenomena. This is due to several experiences that she encountered with the paranormal at a very young age. At first, Dee didn't understand why she was experiencing some of these things, and it became apparent to her that these things were trying hard to get her attention, and she did all she could to ignore it, whatever it was. Growing up, she always knew that she was different. And as an adult, we all know she's different anyway. <laughs> Dee began to feel as if she was meant to learn from these experiences and to study them. Into her teenage years, she began to understand that she was a sensitive to spirits and the paranormal. This was more than just normal intuition she was dealing with. Although she knew she had a special ability, she kept that part of... Um, it quiet and shut off and i can totally understand that because that would scare the bejiggers out of me if i really started grasping at it as a teen and these sensitivities began to help her in dealing with paranormal experiences she would always know or feel when something else was around her and she also seemed to know when things were going to happen and she could always pick up on other people's feelings she began to learn how to listen to information that was being sent to her Hearing voices, feeling spirits around her, and having premonitions became the normal thing for her. At, you know, she kept that a secret. As time went on, her search for answers grew, as did her research and studies. One thing that has always remained is the feeling that there was always something there. She began to host a paranormal talk show on the web. It's called Phenomena Encountered. Back in March of 1903, uh, March of 2006, a few months later in August, she, she decided to co-host the show. Uh, Danielle Clay, owner of the haunted Hinsdale House, 
joined her on the show in September, and the show is now Phenomena Encountered with Dean Dan. In January 2017, Dee partnered with her good friend, psychic medium, Christopher Moon, and together they created the show Box Talk with Mooney and Dee. Both shows broadcast in the Paranormal Warehouse Network on Facebook Live. So if you want to go look at that up, uh, it's uh, paranormalwarehouse.com. She continues to experience paranormal and spiritual phenomena to this day, actively grew when she lost her father in early 2016. And that is going to be rather interesting um it when it kind of it really bounces up when we have a close uh, loved one pass too it's like they've kind of lifted us up on their shoulders she's been married for 15 years and has two children and i'm gonna check to see when we get her out here kicking and screaming if her children actually <laughs> have inherited that part of her life uh because i find that that is that happens quite often now we have another guest coming on. She is our friend. She's been on before, Vanessa Hogel. Now, she has communicated with spirits since she was a little girl, using that gift to try to help people while finding her place in the world that didn't accept her. Only in the last decade, she found her voice and is using it to bring understanding, acceptance, and respect to a field she loves. Vanessa has participated in a TV show, The Haunted, on Animal Planet, and we I interviewed her about that, and it's very, very cool. She does a remote viewing over into the UK, so I think that's really a neat thing, because I'm right into remote viewing lately. And um, she's been featured in articles regarding the paranormal. In the last few years, she's been on multiple radio and YouTube interviews, along with co-hosting the show Edge of the Rabbit Hole with her publisher, Mike Rixinger. Through Mike and Haunted Road Media, Vanessa has written two books, Soulscapes and Giving Up the Ghost, with her third, Walking with Ghosts, to be released soon. She shares her travels across the world and here in the U.S. in these books in hopes to opening up the line of communication between the spirit world and those who wish to communicate with them. And that is kind of cool, right, Vanessa? <laughs> I like to think so. I think so. Y'all think so. I think so. I know. I just love your accent. Um, <laughs> we also have um, her publisher, actually, Mike Ricksecker. He is the author of the historic paranormal books, uh, Ghosts of Maryland, Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma, Campfire Tales, Midwest, Ghostarian Case Files, Volume 1. Sorry, Ghostorian Case Files, Volume 1, and Encounters with the Paranormal series. He has appeared on multiple television shows and programs as a paranormal historian, including Animal Planet's The Haunted and BioChannel's My Ghost Story, Fox 5 News, Washington, D.C., Fox 25 News, Oklahoma City, Coast to Coast AM with the guy who looks like Rocho Marx, and he produces his own internet shows, Ghost and Legends, and Paranormal Roads. He has also formed his own paranormal and supernatural publishing company, Haunted Road Media. Mike's historic paranormal articles have been published in the Baltimore Sun Paranormal Underground magazine, and he wrote an Oklahoma City paranormal column for Examiner.com back from 2010 to 2014. His work has also been featured in the Oklahoman, the Frederick News Post, the Marshall University's The Panther, 
Partheon and Louisiana State University Civil War Book Review. Additionally, Mike is an Amazon best-selling mystery author with two entries to his Chase Michael DiBarlo private detective series, Deadly Heirs and System of the Dead. With over 20 years of experience, Mike serves as a paranormal investigator and ghost historian with the Society of Haunted and regularly travels to speak out speak out <laughs> speak about the paranormal and writing he's a father of four and an avid baseball fan and i think it's um his his detective series is michael chase de barlow i may have said it wrong and very... <laughs> ah there you go <laughs> chase Close michael enough. and DiBarlo. of course and I, I i guess it wasn't on there but i also do uh, edge of the rabbit hole every tuesday night with vanessa yes yes it kind of doubled up on on hers. So, well, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, we'll be out of here now. Uh, we've had a lot All of fun. All the way from and, 1903. Yeah, I don't know, back from 1903. I come from the past to greet all of you. Oh, that is scary. Oh, you got a wicked laugh than I do. <laughs> yeah, oh, that is, that is really cool. Well, tonight... Um, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, actually, I wanted, uh, I think Christina George might pop in later, um, and I didn't know if Joey, uh, Joey Giggles was going to drop by, but if uh, Christina bounces in, she bounces in. If not, I'm going to drag you three kicking and screaming <laughs> through the reporters. Now, this is the first time I've done the reporters here, and one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting, um, because of the topics you had passed out, it was... It it was basically something about the news and and how we think the alternate uh, alternative media or how how things about the paranormal are actually um, fed the community who wants to look at it to uh, consume the news that is put together and um, one of the things I always found interesting was a as a group called Before It's News. Now, back in 19... I'm going to do it again. 1904, <laughs> back in 2008, um, a fallen gong practitioner, Chris Kites, uh, actually started up uh, before its news. But um, it was more of a... It was described as uh, a people's-powered news. And it covers a lot of things uh, from conservative viewpoints to um, you know, uh, controversies, UFOs, um, conspiracies, and it's a place for people to dump in what they believe. So it's, you know, it, it's ad the advertising on there is about, it's all sort of survivalist kind of things. Um, you know, they have a series, This Week in Conspiracy. It's, it's also what I found when I first got onto the internet with my paranormal groups. It is one of those websites you do not, you're not allowed to post let's say, on, fa on a Facebook forum because a, there's a lot of viruses that are associated to it. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. Have any of you guys read stories on Before It's News? And what do you think about that? I've, I've read a couple. Um, and what it seems like to me, and, and I'm not going to say I'm a Before It's News expert just because of the, you know, the couple that I read, I was like, okay, I kind of get at least those particular articles. Um, to me, it seems like, you know, tabloid 
paranormal news. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's you know a lot of it's speculative, uh, fantastic, um, just you know really blown out of pr- proportion. Um, you know, a lot of is spoken in hyperbole. So it, it's tabloid journalism for the paranormal, and you know my personal take on that is it makes it even more difficult for us who are very serious about this that there's more material out there like that that makes it hard for us to you know tell people and try to inform people no this is a real serious subject there's there's real phenomena out there um and they'll point to you know articles like that or you know f- fake videos on youtube and all that so it to, to me it hurts what we're doing to have you know tabloid journalism out there like that in the in the paranormal but in, in the same sense, there's tabloid journalism out there for all subjects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem to be to me like the fake. The, they're the fake news of the paranormal. The National Enquirer and the paranormal. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I was, you beat me. I was gonna say they're the National Enquirer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, hey, yeah. blue. Yeah, the blue. blue. <laughs> they're the blue news. <laughs> oh. oh no, you went there. You went there. <laughs> oh, I was going to get to some of those TV shows later. Don't jump the, don't jump the shark. Um, <laughs> it's like um, Vanessa. What do you think of uh, what do you think of that uh, mm-hmm. lovely group down at uh, Before It's News? Well, I mean, you know, I'm all about the written word. I love it. I believe in free speech. I believe that that they they, they have their place. They have their place, and they have a right to do it. Um, but. That having been said, I will stand my my ground very firm on what I have said before, is that it's up to the public to decide what is worthy of reading and what isn't and what's worthy of believing and what isn't. And to me, those articles that they put out there are much akin to what I just said. You know, it's fear mongering, um, just excitability is all that they want. They want people to to have a reaction instead of people being educated and therein lies the problem that is what the the majority of the problem is in the paranormal field is people want a reaction they don't want education Mm -hmm. they want to feel something they don't want to learn something and that's what those publications and and other publications like them and shows like them do is they they pander to that but it's up to us to be smart enough to know that it's pandering. It's propaganda. But, yeah, I mean, you know how it is. People don't like to think. So, <laughs> well, I, I guess with, with a site like that, I wish they would be a, a little bit more, I guess, like The Onion. I mean, The Onion to me is funny. As long as you realize, okay, the, the site is completely tongue-in-cheek. Right? Yeah, and you it know? says so on the site. Right, and it says so on the site. Before it's news, doesn't say that on the exactly. on the site, and, and that's kind of the problem. It is. It's a problem because, like you said, it, it's they're they're the National Enquirer of the paranormal. Or they're tabloids, and and although yeah, they everything has its place, but then it does hurt the paranormal because of what Mike was saying. Then you know, people that are out there trying to do you know serious work and trying to educate people uh, on you know the way things are in the paranormal or, or the findings and things. And then you get people that, you know, they point to articles like that, like Mike was saying, and, and that's what they base. And so it makes it real hard at the same time. Like Vanessa says, people are going to choose 
what they want to believe. So maybe it kind of serves as also like for people that are out there trying to educate, it serves for them to weed out the people that don't make the right choices. And I mean, if, if you're going to choose to to listen to that and that's what you're going to follow, that's what you're going to believe. I don't want to take the time to teach you because you're not you're not comprehending anyways. <laughs> you know, you're not taking it seriously. Yeah. So. That's absolutely correct. She, I mean, the, you just nailed it right there. And the, the thing is, and this is what really, really, really gets me, is that I've, I've said this before, James, you've heard me say this. I've said it to you. If people who read these articles or these publications or watch these shows actually dealt with what you've dealt with, what I've dealt with, what Dee's dealt with, what Mike has dealt with, what any of us who are actually, you know, knee deep in the muck dealing with this stuff, if they actually dealt with a tenth of it, mm-hmm. they would run screaming. Oh, God, yeah. In their own home, in their own lives, they, they would flip out. But when it's written down as a good story, pandered as truth, or when it's on a TV, <clears throat> done by fellas with way too much hair gel and time on their hands. And, you know, you, and, you know, it, I don't know who that is. Yeah. I, I, oh, I don't even know who I'm talking about. You know what I mean? but, but we, we never was, mentioned those shows on air or their names, ghost adventures. So we will <laughs> just move or have anything to do with uh, a retired, um, wedding dj from las vegas the i'm dancing right now by the way thank you for that yeah okay um <laughs> and if any of you if you, any of you interviewed like if, if you could get through an interview uh with david omen <laughs> about his experience with those guys uh it's it's phenomenal um there's very little time for that showboat and that's what i have my own experiences with them oh yes. oh yeah well, and not just that, Mike and and Dee and James. I have a file of people's experiences. Isn't that I'll wild? Be, yeah, they uh, sent me their personal experiences with them. I that have could be a, a book. Wow. Well, gee, you know what? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I, it, I, what I you're saying? It wasn't a one-off. Publisher would pick up on that. I, you know, I think I might know of one. we change the names of the ghosts not to offend them absolutely yeah because they're the innocents yeah Yeah. (laughs) but there's one retired guy from that group who would like to talk about some things um yeah it's when 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 i think about something like before it's news some of that stuff it could be legitimate but Somehow it got funneled into there, and now it's tainted with a, well, consider the source attitude to it. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. You know, there's a few. If there's a few stories in there that are true, just because of where they're located, I mean, it's gonna be, you know, you know, it's gonna be one of those. Okay, it's coming. Yeah, like you said, consider the source. It's coming from there. I'm not even gonna take the time. But you know, at the same time, that's why when you're researching and investigating and and doing research online, you have to, after a while, after, after doing this for such a long time, you learn to sort of sift through, even if you're looking in a trash can, you learn to sift through the trash in the trash can to see what might still be good, you know? 
Absolutely. That's a great analogy, Dee. Thank show, you. <laughs> show off with your whole analogying, <laughs> analogizing. Teacher, <laughs> uh, teacher D here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right, though. It's guilt by association. Every last one of us has mm-hmm. a list of people we won't work with mm-hmm. because we don't trust them, because they've proven themselves untrustworthy, and because we don't want to be or have our names or reputations associated with them. So if you're talking about places that are legitimate, that have authentic activity going on and should be researched and investigated and dealt with by people who actually respect the field and are, are doing what they can to, to progress it, they might not go to those places because it's going to be frowned upon. It's going to be pooed at, you know, um, because they're getting that guilt by association stigma attached to them. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think, Mike? Am I right on that? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're right. We each have our, our own list. And, you know, it, there is a lot to be said about, you know, reputation w- within this field. And, you know, you kind of live and die with that at, you know, a, a good portion of the way. Um you know, I try to treat everybody with uh, with respect wherever I go and, you know, try to hear everybody out as best I can. But there's some people that, you know, along the way that for whatever reason, you don't you don't mesh well, you don't click well um, or you just learn about, you know, maybe they're doing something shady or they're, you know, fudging their evidence or, or what have you. And so, you know, it's kind of uh, you, you, you learn along the way, you know, uh, you know who who's you're going to work well with and who you're not and you know who's who's being shady out there so now unfortunately there's a lot of that in this field and it's kind of uh hard to sift through sometimes and you know there's some lessons you learn along the way yeah there's some real uh hard lessons that the community might le- uh learn too like your client a client might hire uh the Oh, I better not even make up a name because there probably is. There's so many paranormal <laughs> groups now. There's probably a name that'll pick one up. And Dave, will, yeah, I'll just pretend I'm Dave. But um, you you call a group because it's a local, and these gentlemen and ladies show up, and you know they say for fifty bucks we'll tell you if that you know the ghost banging in the attic is uh, we can get rid of it or not. And the poor poor client is oh please i'll pay you the fifty dollars and they ask the person to leave using using the taps um paranormal investigation style where the client can't be in the house as a bunch of strangers ram rampage through it but the um you know they find their squirrels in the attic release them and then say for you know for a hundred dollars a month we'll make sure that doesn't come back and it's it's that has happened and I and not for little amounts either. The five hundred dollars a month and the demon in the attic will not bother you anymore. And all they did was plug the hole so the raccoon couldn't get in the roof again. But it, we've we've turned paranormal investigation, and I don't mean we, but the society and and through media, we've turned it into a replacement for. Oh my God, the government is listening to me through my wall sockets. So people who have mm-hmm. mental health issues are now calling paranormal groups because they think things are going a little bit haywire in their house. So 
we've got amateurs and people who shouldn't be dealing with people with mental health issues going into homes and, you know, not knowing, first of all, what they're doing or, or what they're looking for, but dealing with a client who could be potentially dangerous because as a policeman, I used to deal with those people, uh, paranoid schizophrenics, where you don't want to touch the written evidence they've written down to explain all these things that have gone wrong because they might perceive you're one of the bad guys who is out there to take their evidence. And there have been policemen there's a policeman killed over that kind of thing because he and then the guy phoned the police and said hey there was a a, a bad guy or a, some alien imitating a policeman here trying to take my evidence you better come over I killed him so we've got these um, I call them ghost hunters just or or Dave calls them uh, uh, Pokemon ghost <laughs> they just go out yeah. They just go out uh, to a cemetery, to anything. They want to get access to their house, uh, a house, and look for stuff. And I bet you all three of us, or four of us, we all do this for the same reason. Um, we want, we have questions of our own we want answers to. The secondary yeah. part of that is we can possibly help somebody. But the primary reason we do this is that we're trying to figure this stuff out ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, can I, t- since I want, uh, since I want to be on the first segment, I, I, I need to touch on something that you just brought up, James. Yes, ma'am. And I think the, the people that are listening to this show need to hear this. Um, I was contacted a few months ago, maybe about six months ago, <clears throat> by somebody on Facebook who needed a second opinion. And I've written a blog and did a blog on this, uh, but just to get to others, they had been told that they were cursed and that this person was the only, and they, they were contacted, you know, this person told them, well, I'm the only one that can fix that for you to the tune of $750. Oh, gosh. Now I need to make something abundantly clear. And I think that D and Mike and yourself will agree with me on this because I have done my research um, that's extortion by definition. That is extortion by definition. Um, it, to extort is to to threaten for monetary or or property um, uh, to receive money or or property or personal belongings as payment. You threat, you get that in the legal terms. And I've spoken to an attorney about this. This can actually be taken you can do take legal steps against somebody who does this a woman in st louis i believe it was is spending 10 years in prison for this by the way um this is a really 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 big deal and apparently a real big problem in this field and i think that any of us who knows anyone who does that in any shape form or fashion we need to, to be whistleblowers. If, right. if, You're if, scaring people into giving you money, and that's just absolutely like, yeah, yeah. This isn't something. Uh, what we do isn't something you can put. You can look up in a phone book and say, okay, well, this is a reputable guy. We're not plumbers. We're not. Yeah. You know, we're not HVAC people. We're we're not mechanics. We do something that is non-definable by by science. 
therefore, it is all subject to interpretation. You know, at this point, it's all subject to interpretation. So to use that type of fear, whether it be religious or spiritual or physical um, on somebody so that you can gain money from them, that is against the law. And I got to tell you guys, it takes both hands and both feet for me to count on how many people have told me of these experiences in the last six months. Wow. And that's, and that's crazy. And that's a lot of money, too. $750 to remove a negative. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. there's way more than that. In, in Canada, there's actually a, a thousand dollars into. Yeah. There's, um, well, the, the house I was telling you off air, the house that uh, Skeeter and I worked at clearing today in the other side of the country, they had already spent close to $50,000 trying oh, to. What? Yeah. Um, oh and th- but God. this this was all also dealing with psychics and people who because um, it's a long story and we don't have time for it. But there was they had some indication that they were um, cursed by a voodoo person, so they went into that community and they fleeced them. They just wow wow, they just, and that's the unfortunate part. We have we actually had a a, a lady charged with witchcraft. Um, I think it was it's called witchcraft in the Canadian Criminal Code, and it's wow. it's basically what you described, just that extortion for something. Um, you give you give me the money, and I will keep um, your house clean for you. And it was it was a psychic, but it was in the new Canadian population, in an immigrant population where they had come from Africa, where uh-huh. this is really important to them, and they're completely understanding it and these people happened to have come into some money and the community found out and this psychic appeared and said you know your house is evil and you have money but it's come you know it's been damned so as you give it to me you'll find you'll you know you'll, you'll prosper well the only one who prospered oh, was the yahoo so, so yeah yeah it is so it's basically it's, preying on them there you know yeah yeah. Well, as a as a practicing witch, because I am a practitioner of the craft, let me go ahead and just clear something up just real quick. In order to be cursed, it is a daily, daily activity from one person to another. It takes daily energy, continuous energy, to leave a curse on somebody. There is not a one-time, one-thing-covers-all curse that you can put on somebody. It does not work that way in any religion that I'm aware of, period. So unless these people were so important that somebody had that type of energy, that type of time, and that type of, type of resources to do, it's, an, it's a moot point. Plus, if something is cursed, like the money, they got it by ill gains or whatever, or however it was put to them, the curse follows the money, not the person. Yeah. So this is where people need to educate themselves. That just, I made me sick to my stomach, James. I can't believe that. Wow. I'm sorry. That is awful. Well, that's what I'm here for, to bring you the awful news. <laughs> the awful news. <laughs> and now look at the awful news. Still, my stars. <laughs> the awful, depressing news. <laughs> no, no, it was the Russians. Um, the, <laughs> no, no, they're not bad, really. I invited them over. They're great. Um, the... <laughs> Uh, before it's news, it's just one of the, one of those lovely, uh, like you say, tabloid 
the tabloid paranormal. Um, but it's some of them have been put out in books. Uh, some TV shows, uh, and one in particular that I won't mention it, Demon Hunters, um, but the it lasted like three episodes, and three or four. And this guy actually went to a friend of mine's house um, down. I think they're in Kentucky and they, when they were living there anyway, and just called them names, called them witches because they had a Halloween poster or picture up in the bedroom. Um, there was three rocks on the barbecue outside. And he said, why do you have three rocks there? Well, cause their neighbor's dog chase our chickens. No, you, it's, uh, it's some kind of voodoo thing or whatever. And anyway, this ex, New York policeman was running around wearing a gun, which is legal if you're a retired policeman. And he was, you know, he was yelling and screaming at them and made the wife cry. And oh, just horrid, horrid people. But it was their religious belief that all spirits were demons. And he was out to exercise everybody and blame them for bringing in these evil, evil demon y spirits. Unfortunately, it did have a following and those people then i'm afraid might buy into that that one side of the paranormal or one perception of the paranormal how would how would we as as paranormal investigators and and people with a platform to get out there and and explain this mike i'm going to go to you in this how would you um try to pull those people down from the the um all ghosts or a demon bandwagon or would you even uh try I mean, to yeah i mean that's that's difficult because now you're starting to talk about people's you know religious beliefs and there are um some denominations out there that do believe that you know any spirit that may exist out there is a demon um and, and so it's you know hard to kind of re-educate somebody on their actual religion um, and, but I, I guess where the education would need to come into play there is try to teach them that, well, you know, no, <laughs> you know, demons are actually very rare. So you may not be experiencing, you know, some sort of activity at all. Um, or, and it would be difficult to try to educate them that, you know, not all spirits, you know, are demons. Um, and, uh, but really, the the part that really gets me with this is, um, you know, you have these people out there that are preying upon people's fears, that they know that this is a, a belief that's out there. And so they're preying upon that belief to put fear into people. And, you know, maybe that's where the education comes in, is that you're you know going to try to, you know, to teach them that, you know, there are people out there that do this, that prey upon your fears, that prey upon your beliefs to get a certain reaction out of you in order to you know, get you to do something, or in this case, you know, for a television show, you know, with, te- with television these days, it's it's all it's all about demons. Um, you know, it, it, that's what's selling. You know, it used to be just you know going into a house to try to look for ghosts was okay, and you know that wasn't enough at some point, and we had to up it to where every episode you know had a had a ghost. You know, there was a haunting at every house we went into, and then after a few years of that, that wasn't enough, and now we've gotten to the point where every episode you know has to have a demon, and we're just you know we're, we're scaring these people senseless that you know don't need to be scared. 
Um, so, you know, we need to, you know, kind of get out there. And I know we talk about it, and um, Vanessa and I have talked about on Edge of the Rabbit Hole before that, um, you know, we need to, you know, put some education out there and just, you know, talk about, um, you know, how these people are preying upon people's fears and that, you know, it these shows are just for entertainment. You know, they're you're getting a very shallow glimpse of uh of investigating the paranormal and it's not what really happens you know during investigations you know they they might have some gadgets that we use and you know there may be some you know historic research that's involved in all that but you know you're getting a you know a 47 minute glimpse um that has been uh heavily edited and you know really trumped up you know, to entertain the masses and it's not a true representation. So, um, you know, and it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult task because of course they have all the money behind them. Uh, you know, they've got the networks that are trying to, you know, promote them because they want to make a buck and, you know, it's kind of, you know, difficult for us because we don't have that kind of capital, uh, behind us, but you know, it's something that we are always talking about whenever we go on air. Yeah. Uh, D, what do you think? I think we I lost think D dropped. Yeah. I will uh, go hunt her down. Oh, yes, I will. I will <laughs> find her. I will find her. Why, I, I ought to. Uh, one of the things <laughs> I found with a lot of these shows, I came in as like the semi skeptic guy on my paranormal team. The second investigation, I was having a conversation with a disembodied female across the table from me in a restaurant. At the same time, the fellow running the team was getting a photograph of a energy, a guy walking towards him with a little hand truck from what used to be an old um, warehouse. So I looked at him, looked at his photos that he just took, and from what I, I had dealt with with this lady... I, I said, you're going to need another skeptic. This is screwy. And I look at these, I started watching these um, paranormal shows. And I don't think I've ever seen one that actually had a photograph of the, the ghost kind of thing. And it, this was my second investigation. And we've got a series of photographs of this thing. Um, so, and it, you, all, you guys all know, and I always say this too, how many pictures of a ghost do you need? To prove it's real, well, well, all we need is one. We just need everybody to believe we didn't doctor the photograph, and right. that's that's the struggle we come or that's that's the hill we have to climb. And in the media, to put any photograph out, whether it's a UFO or a ghost or the Loch Ness monster or whatever Godzilla, you could be a hundred percent positive that you took it, you didn't doctor it. It's not sun flare, dust, anything. It's a full-on apparition. But what percentage of the population are going to believe it? Well, I mean, it's it's tough. I, I, I have an amazing picture that I got at the Crescent Inn Hotel in Eureka Springs. The team that I work with in um, Sheffield, England, NB Paranormal, they have an unbelievable piece of live footage that you cannot explain away. 
what I've seen regular Joes get in regular teams all over the world blow away what you can see on any of these shows. It blows away. And I mean, they're, they're getting it right then and there, you know, and, but it's not hyped up. You know, I, I tell people, I'm like, go look on YouTube, go, just go look, you know, especially if they say that they're investigating live, anybody, if it's unedited footage, go watch it. Give, give the, oh, D's having trouble with her internet. Um, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Good, good, good. <laughs> Sorry. You know, what I'm did like, I miss? <laughs> I'm like, give those people your attention because they're out there, you know, knee deep in it, using their own money. They're not backed by any any organizations, any agencies or any networks. And they're getting real, honest and true evidence. And it's amazing. Mike's gotten it. You know, Mike's gotten some killer stuff. I've gotten some amazing stuff. BPI's gotten amazing stuff. But people don't know it because they're not on TV. But it's real. And it's that those type of things that people will start watching it, they'll see the difference. I'm they'll wondering. Start to see the difference yeah, and another thing that we try to do, at least with um, a lot of the videos that we put out there on Haunted Road Media, is you know we don't try to tell you, okay, this is what you're seeing. Um, we'll show a piece of footage and leave it up to interpretation, and just say, okay, what do you think you see? You know, because. Exactly. I, um, I might be seeing or hearing, maybe it's an EVP, I might be seeing or hearing one thing, and maybe I'm right, but maybe I'm not. And maybe somebody else has some input that gets you to look at it in a different way. Maybe they're hearing something else. Um, you're like, oh, maybe that, you know, maybe that is that, you know. So, uh, you know, a lot of what we do is left up to interpretation. And, you know, these shows will, you know, guide people into believing one thing or another about what they're seeing or hearing. And a lot of times, if you take away those words off the screen and they were just a play, um, that supposed EVP, you'd be like, all I hear is static. Exactly. Uh (laughs) Couldn't have put it better myself. That is absolutely correct, Mike. Because even with the words, I'm like, where are they getting that from? That's not how that word sounds to me. And I went to school. You know? (laughs) (laughs) You know? I mean, that's not what that says. I don't get it. But it's true. It, it's uh, a lot of it's suggestion. Oh. You know, a lot of the shows that have that out there, the way that they put that out there, they're telling you, like Mike said, what you should be hearing. And if they do that, run. <laughs> I was at a paranormal conference in um, Seaside, Oregon, uh, a month or two ago, and there was a local um, radio show fella down there with a new fancy spirit box, let's call it. And there was a fella, one of his partners was up on the stage, and this box was covered in a black um, cloth. And he would ask it a question, like, what what country are you in? And there was this, and I guess the guy on the stage flipped a switch, and it would gurgle and fart, and then it came up with something that sounded like Beldrum. So he said... Belgium, you heard it. You heard it too. We all heard it, didn't you? Well, anybody who says everybody heard it, didn't you? It's the human condition to say, I want to be a part of the crowd. Exactly. So uh, there's a politician out right now who who uses that quite often. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows that. And you kind of go, okay, yeah, because 
you don't want to be left out. You don't want to be singled out as being not with the group. And this and and this guy who had a radio show, he went on and on and he would ask it questions and it would pop, snapple, bleh, whatever. And I swear all this was was one of those little spirit boxy things with a microphone beside it that we couldn't see and it and it was just scanning radio channels and whatever it snap crackled pop to he would tell us what he wanted us to think it said and it was like watching i can imagine watching a carney back in the in the turn of the day turn of the century in back in the day <laughs> in 1903 uh when denise was working on it the um <laughs> uh, but you know My blue he, carnival <laughs> yeah there's there's, there's Guy's out there with the cane and the hat, and he's he's very loud and very kind of fills the room personality, and he's got a crowd of people believing that this whatever it is behind the curtain is actually contacting a spirit in Belgium. It was the most bizarre thing, and I just I just looked at the whole thing as a science experiment and looked at these people buying into it. It was just bizarre, but that's but that's what a lot of these things do. What it reminds me of is back in the day, uh, the few shows that I did see that I watched more than one episode of 10 years ago or so, um, when they would be in a castle overseas or, you know, somewhere in a foreign country, maybe even Japan or whatever. I don't know. And they would start talking and they would get these amazing EVPs in perfect English. I'm like. Dude, you know where you are, right? They told you when they flew you over there. Yeah, and the odds the, are, odds are contact they you know, some dead Hungarian prince from 500 years ago, and yeah, they're getting English EVPs. Yeah. Oh, and not even just perfect English, perfect English slang. Wow. I, yeah. Dude, come on. That's that. Honestly, is when I really stopped watching them because I'm like, you know, I, I, I kind of knew you were fake to begin with. You just confirmed it for me. And they've since stopped doing that because they got called on it. But that that right there should have been everybody's biggest kicker. It just takes just rub a couple of those brain cells together. Just a couple. You know, and figure <laughs> out that that doesn't work. You know, that's not possible. You know, a thousand years ago in Japan, for them to say, dude, I'm cold. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Dude, I'm cold. <laughs> I just said, oh my God. I am court. Uh, well, we were dealing with a, a spirit we cleared out of a house last night. Actually, we were on air when we did it. It was a woman from the late 1800s from this neighborhood, and the person doing it was in Washington State, doesn't know anything about the history of this neighborhood. And she said, well, she's not African-American, not Native American, but she's really dark skin and long black, black hair. And she's telling me this and telling me that. And, well, this lady would have been a uh, Indo person. In, uh, they're from India, an actual Indian. Indian, um, And that was very, there was a lot of uh, people working in the logging industry in this area. And a lot came over from India to work in the in that industry. And that's where she, that was where she was from. But I never discussed what language she was speaking to the psychic in she was just communicating with her is uh-huh. Vanessa as a psychic do you not 
interact with people who who maybe from China who have a chance. <laughs> I but, have actually I have, I did a reading online, um, a remote view for somebody, and uh, I told him I said, "Look, I don't speak German, and I definitely don't speak Polish, but I can tell you right now <laughs> that that's what they're speaking, you know." And there was no way for me to know that, but I knew enough about German to understand the the um, the stress that's put on certain syllables. Because I am part German, I just don't speak it. Um, and I knew enough about Polish, about Poland, because I have a friend who lives there. I've known him since I was 12. But I don't know the language. So I couldn't relay a message, but I could confirm their, their, um, where they came from originally. You know? And it, the other thing, um, when, I, when I have to do that, it's like the spirits of the ghosts know and so they'll have me smell something like food and I'll recognize the smell and be, and be able to tell the person, okay, well they're eating this. Okay. And I don't think this is an American dish, you know, so they find other ways to communicate if they don't speak the language I speak, or if I just can't understand what they're saying, you know, so they'll find other ways. Um, but it's, it's difficult. It does happen, but it's difficult. But mostly you get it from, uh, I've been shown flags of other countries and I've had to draw it out. I've been shown military uniforms before, had to draw those out or explain them. Um, I've been spelled out words. They have spelled me out foreign language words if I didn't know what the language was. Now, how sweet is that of them? Because I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you nothing, you know. So the, the spirits or ghosts, they'll try, they'll help you out. But they're not gonna. But it has not been my experience that they can speak a language that they just don't know. Does Which that make is, sense? Yeah, it, it makes, makes sense. it totally makes sense. Um, but I have a number of psychics who who get communication from people who don't speak English, mm-hmm. but they're speaking English. See, and I just I that I don't do it. Hmm. And everybody's different. Everybody's different. I, I will speak the language that I know and express the what they're trying to tell me as best I can. But if it's a foreign language I don't understand, I can repeat it, but I won't know what the heck they're telling me. So they could be telling me that, you know, that my, my dog is wearing the ugliest dress in the world in Russian, and I could repeat it. I could be a parrot. So I could so I could get that message across, but I'm not going to know what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Do you understand? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that makes yeah. total sense. Yeah, so I mean, I can do that, but I don't. I don't know what the message is. It's but they try in other ways to give me the information, whether it's you know a description of them, a name of a medication that that they took, hmm. which is ironic, you know, um, because that's weird, but. Or they'll describe the in, the inside of the house with specific details. Exactly yeah. how a rocker was put in a room. The, the color and the print of the drapes that the chair was next to. The old antique crocheted cover on the bed. They'll do that so it's more of not passing a message, but just letting the people who want to know more about them that they're still around. They're okay. 
ain't nobody mad <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, all is right with where the lottery numbers are or how, or, or where grandpa hid his jewels or whatever, but, but they're okay. And that's most of the, uh, unless it's the main ones, which I get a lot, that's mostly what I get is they just want people to know we're still here. Yeah. And, and it makes sense. Is I, that what you think? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they, they, uh, in communicating, and I know, like, whenever I've, I've had the, that feeling that I'm getting messages or whatever, um, I mean, I can communicate, of course, if they're spirits that are communicated in Spanish, I can communicate to them, and that has happened to me, and I've had to communicate with them in Spanish, and, um, and of course, in English, but I, I don't... I don't think I would unless unless I was in some deep, deep meditative state where I was connecting with some higher consciousness and I probably wouldn't remember it coming out of it. I don't know if I myself because my human brain doesn't know another language so that, you know, that human part of me wouldn't be able to comprehend or to. Uh, communicate in a different language but if i was in some sort of a meditative state and i was connecting with a higher um you know consciousness or something then i probably you know that and then i probably would come out of it and say okay i don't know what just happened and they would probably tell me well you just could i i could believe that that i i you know to me would be believable um no that's me yeah yes but you and you don't recall, yeah. Things like that have happened to me as well, and then I don't remember. People tell me, "Well, you, you know, this is what happened to you," or, but uh, that, uh, you know, that it's a, that's why I bring that up. And the only other thing I can think of is because I mean, if you think about it, when we when we cross over, uh, we're pretty much. Uh, the same, you know, wh- how we are here, that's, you know, like, like, like Mike has said in the past, you know, if you're a jerk here, you're going to be a jerk <laughs> in the afterlife. If you're a good person, you're going to be, you know, the same thing. I mean, I, I think those of us that are teachers in this life, you know, you're going to probably, those of us that are doctors, you're going to want to be, you know, help people on the, you know, it kind of it follows you. And that's just your character, your personality, you follows you. So, Maybe it could be that if there's somebody who's an interpreter on this side and now they're spirit, maybe they would pair up with somebody to try to help, you know, and uh, who knows? You don't, we don't know. I mean, it could happen. We don't know because we don't have all the answers. But, I mean, think about that. What do you think of that? Do you think that might be possible too? No, I think absolutely. I think absolutely that's possible. Um, mm-hmm. I, that's the thing. I think anything is possible. As long as we keep an open mind, um, I haven't run into the situation yet where if that happens, like I said, that I know what they're saying. Now, the thing with kind of losing yourself and coming back and not knowing what happened, that's happened quite a few times. That's kind of what I'm known for. Um, it's Mm -hmm. It's kind of a bad thing, you know, but it tends to be more of the malignant more of the nasty things that try to do that now as as well, opposed to when I talked to James the very first time. Yeah, let's but, let's talk um, about yeah, yeah. Uh, Vanessa, let's um yeah. Talk about the nasty things uh, when we come back. We've got our first seven-minute stretch here. We're going to come back with the reporters and a bit of a debate on these weird paranormal shows and the languages our ghosts speak. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> 
Coming <laughs> September 29th to October 1st, the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon. Hi, this is Dave Scott. The event will be held at the Spruce Hill Spawn Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Come join us for an amazing weekend of speakers talking all things paranormal, UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Sasquatch, intuitiveness. Listen to great speakers like Miriam Delicato, Samantha Mowat, and the crypto guru, Ronald Murphy. Get your VIP passes by going to spacedoutradio.com and clicking on the Paracon banner. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you. From coast to coast to coast, Blacklight Uncharted is taking on the paranormal across Canada. From ghostly hauntings to the UFOs flying above in conjunction with MUFON Canada, they're closely investigating what's going on in the northern skies and checking out the apparitions that walk among us. Check out our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. We want to know your thoughts, we want to hear your experiences, and we want you to share your stories. The answers are out there, and we intend to find them. Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at spacedoutradio.com. For only $5 a month, you can get access to some great prizes, as well as private monthly shows, newsletters, and a members-only section on our website. Become a space traveler today. It's paranormal news at its finest. Welcome to The Encounter. At spaceoutradio.com, The Encounter Online is SOR's trusted news source for everything weird and strange going on around the world. This is news editor Eric Markham. Our team of journalists are scouring the planet for those strange stories that rarely make the mainstream. No fear-mongering or fake news here. Head over to spaceoutradio.com and encounter The Encounter. Hey, this is Canadian Paranormal Investigator Mike Moore. The third Wednesday of every month, I'll be teaming up with Dave Scott to bring you Ghosts of the Great White North. Each month, we will bring on guests from across Canada to discuss their ghostly encounters. Canada is a paranormal hotbed with stories you've never heard, so we're going to bring them to you. So get comfy in your Chesterfield, grab a donut, and join us, eh? Have you had an experience you can't explain? Had a run-in with ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, or seen lights in the sky? Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt from the SOR Sightlines. I'm here to investigate your sighting. Head to spacedoutradio.com and fill out a report on the sightlines. All your information is 100% confidential, and I will help you figure out what you've been seeing. File your report, and let's find out the answers together. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit, and expect a miracle. Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media, have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. 
Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com, where I, Vincent Zunza, and my super sleuth partner, Alexandra Sullivan, track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest from Bigfoot to Mel's Hole, and everything in between. This is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird? Right here at spacedoutradio.com. Oh, there's only one way to rock. Loud and proud. In high definition, Radio 702 Rocks. Las Vegas. Every Saturday and Sunday night, as Dave Scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness, you can come hang out with me, James Tyson, and Spaced Out Weekend. Starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, I'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields. SpacedOutRadio.com is the place to find us, so sit down, relax, put your feet up, enjoy the topics like the paranormal, supernatural, intuitiveness, and so much more. Hope to see you there. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. Views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Now, back to Dave Scott and S.O.R. Welcome back, everybody, to Spaced Out Radio. It's me, James Tyson, in for Dave Scott. He'll be back tomorrow, but unfortunately, you're stuck with me until then. You've got two more hours of me and the crew. It is the reporters, and I'm here. Now, Vanessa had a takeoff. She had some personal time she had to deal with tomorrow morning so she's got to get uh, slept and ready to go and we've got uh, Denise Garcia and uh, she, <laughs> calm down you know you, <laughs> you, I'm still here ah! which is hey, quite hey, frightening Denise, yeah. Denise? Blue. Mo- blue blue <laughs> blue th- blue <laughs> good lord I, th- I thought you guys were uh, mooing for a second, uh, which was a little bit embarrassing. Uh, actually, a lot of bit embarrassing. The uh, <laughs> and uh, Vanessa's partner in crime on uh, 
at the edge of the rabbit hole is Mike Ricksecker, and he is a a experiencer of a lot, um, bouncing around, talking on the paranormal, uh, involved in some uh, programs, and uh, a writer. So really good to have them with us tonight. I don't know what happened to Christina George. I was reaching out electronically for her, and it just didn't happen tonight. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun with you guys. Uh, before the break, we were I said before the break, Vanessa was telling us something, and I asked her to talk about it when we came back from the break. But she's gone now, so uh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about the language and yes. uh, um, and I actually I, I have a something I, I want to add to that. It's sort of like a little theory that we can think about, and it's I guess you could say like my own theory. And you know, we're talking about how. Um, you know, if spirits communicate in a certain language and, you know, would they be able now, you know, we were talking about how sometimes um, when, when the communication, you know, if it happens telepathically, that's a, that's like, for me, my, my theory would be, that's a different type of communication. That's already the uh, commun- communicating through the mind. Uh, the messages are different. You're connected to a, to a higher consciousness and you're sending, you know, you're speaking mind to mind, you know, like uh, from brain to brain, just like in a, with a computer, you know, you have two computers, one could be, you know, set up to, to type and, and read everything in Spanish, the other one could be set up to type and read everything in, in English, and, you know, uh, you've got people that have their computer set up to read everything, uh, uh, you know, from where, wherever they're from, but when it comes down to it, computers communicate with each other through binary code, Right. They have the computer language. They communicate with each other. So I think my theory would be that the human brain would be the same way. Like we, we're all um, programmed to have our languages, but when we, when we're able to use that part of our brain, because remember, humans don't use, we don't use our full, uh, you know, our brain to the full potential that we can. And so I think if, if people were to uh, train their brain or just be able to connect to that higher consciousness and and connect and communicate with each other, you know, mind to mind, mind communication, maybe that's, uh, that's one way you could communicate tel- uh, telepathically. And it, it goes beyond, it goes beyond, you know, language, English, Spanish, Russian, Chinese, it goes beyond that. You're, you're communicating the, uh, you know, universal. Yeah. Right now somebody said in the chat room, basic universal language. Yeah. Like the intent, your mind, you know, th- those telepathic messages, so, I don't know. I don't that, know if that makes sense. That, it does. It, it's just way more complicated than the original Star Trek. So, <laughs> was it the binary code thing? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no, everybody speaks the same language. <laughs> That's well, why no, Captain I, Kirk can talk to everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's you know when when you're when you're connected to spirit, you're. It's a, it's a different language. It, it's you know you're you're transmitting waves from mind to mind, and it's uh, you know it, it, it's it, it's it's not so much language as in it, it's a different it's it's language of the mind, the language of the soul, language of the spirit, the universal, the the language of the universe that we can tap into, and the best way that I can uh, that I can sort of uh, parallel that too is by saying you know computers they they all speak you know they all communicate you know to each other with binary codes and that's that's the computer language so 
I don't know, maybe it's like a human binary code and it's just using the mind, not using language or your voice or just the mind, the thoughts. There's so something about the, the energy of it all. And I, I think it was during the break where um, I was mentioning that, you know, I don't ever claim to be uh, psychic or, or what have you. Um, although people tell me that I've got more going on than I give myself credit for. But um, I think, you know, part of what Dee is talking about is, you know, you know, being empathic where you can, um, you know, you, you get a feeling and an understanding of, you know, what that what that spirit is, is thinking or feeling. And it's not, you know, it might not be like a whole sentence or whatever, but it's like a general understanding of, you know, this person uh, is happy or they're sad about something or, you know, they want to, you know, they want to leave or they're being stubborn or they're angry or, you know, whatever that, that emotion is, you can feel, you know, the energy from that emotion that is there. Yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree. It's communication, I think, um, that we really should be concentrating on uh, when dealing with the paranormal because the greater communication we have with them, the more answers we're going to get for those stubborn questions that we as investigators have. You know, you come in with, you know, is there life after death? Well, is it, is it really life? Is death really death? What's a capital of Ecuador? You know, we have these questions that we need <laughs> answers for. Um, in this overwhelming need to um, get out there and make television shows about looking for ghosts and demons and, oh my Lord, I saw one where these guys was uh, UFO hunters or something. And they'd go out looking for UFOs. And they'd have IR cameras and they'd be trucking through the bush and they're at, at night looking for on a cloudy night. I don't, what's like, why you're looking? And they were, no, what it was, they had, okay, they're outside, they had the IR cameras, they had everything set up and they were whispering because it was dark and they had cameras and <laughs> shh, quiet. Yes, because that spaceship can hear you wisp talking on this little blue planet spinning around the sun and they won't jump out from behind the cloud. It was the weirdest thing. And then there was a alleged UFO crash site and they drove out to it. And by the time they got there, it was at night. So they're walking out in this field at night looking for pieces of a UFO that allegedly crashed 70 years ago. And I just, I, I, my gosh, people actually funded this to be a television show and they're wanting people to watch it. This is the weirdest way to communicate that part of the paranormal to the to the consumer of that product. Well, yeah, I mean, they're trying to be dramatic. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to sell a product, and that product is, you know, the show. And so, you know, we, we've had this phenomena called reality tv for about 20 or 25 years now and so we've we've branched out into all sorts of different areas with it one of that happens to be uh ufos and you know really what all would you do for a, a ufo show you know you put a camera crew out there 
while what people are sitting out there, you know, with their binoculars or telescopes or what have you, and they're watching the sky. I mean, that's generally what it is, is you are watching the sky and, you know, chit-chatting with your buddies and, and all of that. Um, that doesn't make for great television entertainment. So they've incorporated all these other things into it to try to make it more entertaining for the viewer. Otherwise, the viewer, you know, is going to, you know, sit there, see five minutes of this on TV and change the channel. So, and that's the same thing that they've done with, you know, the paranormal shows. You know, we all know people that have been investigating for um, for years know that most of the time you're, you're sitting, you know, in the dark, if, if you're investigating in the dark, but you're sitting around for hours at times with nothing going on. And so it can actually be very boring at times, you know, to actually conduct a paranormal investigation. I mean, there's times you have to go out to a location, you know, four or five, six times before you even get any evidence off of it. Well, that doesn't make for a very good television show to show a bunch of people sitting around and yeah. getting nothing. So mm-hmm. that that's why whenever we talk about the television shows, we tell people you got to take it with a grain of salt and understand that they've put these shows together for entertainment purposes. It is not a correct representation of what actually happens during these investigations or, you know, with going out and, and looking for UFOs. It's not a correct representation of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's <laughs> if, if, like- if they if they were to make a correct representation, like you said, it would, there would be a lot of downtime <laughs> during oh, the show. Oh yeah. yeah, it's you know it's. I remember as a kid watching those, um, you know, the wild wide world of sports or something. They'd have some guy hunting an elk with a bow and arrow, and it was just him sitting in a blind waiting for an elk to walk by. <laughs> it's like, but they would discuss bows, arrows, arrowheads, boot tread, you know, whatever else. Yeah, the the. One of the first ones I remember was Cops being a real, reality show. And, you know, it, they go back even into game shows in the 50s that were really weird. But to, to entertain, to sell soap, to get people to actually tune in, there's a lot of stuff that has to go on. Like, you're right. And uh, to keep us entertained. And that's where we thought, Dave and I swore this whole paranormal television show thing was going to swing right into demons were going to be the next ghost. So there would be no more ghost adventures or ghost hunting. It would be demon hunting. And then whatever the next thing to, to hook that, to hook that consumer in and all the while really taking a whack at the reality of what's out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. And, you know, what we were saying earlier about how uh, you have people, it, it's it's difficult to get them out of that frame of thought because a lot of it, like Mike was mentioning earlier, is their beliefs. That's what they believe. That's their religious belief. And I mean, that's, you know, the, to them, that's the truth. You know, it, there are some people that believe that there are no ghosts. It's all demons. And then, you know, it's just different belief systems that are clashing and then there really isn't anybody in the paranormal that can prove something 100% true without a doubt and say I have all the answers because there isn't because we're all learning you know every day and we find out new things and everything is just 
pretty much hypotheses and theories that we're testing and trying to, you know, find answers to. So, you know, there's, I haven't met anybody yet that can go out there and say, you know what, this is the, this, you know, 100% facts. This is how it is. And, you know, ghosts are demons or ghosts are not demons. You know, it's everything is just, um, you know, things that we're testing out in the field and things that we're finding out. So it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Do I believe that all ghosts are demons? No, I personally don't believe that. I believe that demons have much more, (laughs) they have more important things to do that they need to (laughs) than just go hunt every single house. That's, you know, I, I, don't think that every single ghost is a demon. Do I believe that there are lower level demonic entities that do uh, harm? Yes, but I don't think that every single haunting that is dealt with is a demon. That's my personal belief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah too many times we have you know these shows or you know or, or, you know some people just going on about how you know anytime you open a basement door for whatever reason you know there's there's a demon lurking down in that basement. <laughs> Why? You know, why? Why would it be there? You know, but they have people believe in that just because they have that. Again, they have a product to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true, and it's more exciting to say that everything's. You know, it, it's going to make for more well, it, viewers if everything is. Yeah, it, it puts know, that demonic. danger in there. It puts that fear in there. You know, it keeps mm-hmm. people. You know, it's supposed to be keeping people on the edge. And, you know, it's giving them that that rush of like, oh, my gosh, it might be something evil that's there. Where before the rush was, oh, my God, there might be something that's haunted that's there. So I'm just wondering, what's the next step after Demon? I mean, once we've exhausted that, you know, what what's the next rush? You know, because it's... <laughs> yeah. it's been, we're going to have to break down the aliens by race. We're going to have to yeah. get... Okay, the short grays, the tall grays, the various... Reptilians and this, uh, you know, which which no, one's going to scare us at night? Exactly, and then of course, then you have people that believe that the there's no angels or demons; they're all aliens, right? You yeah. know, you have that you have that belief system. You know, you get into the, your ancient aliens, and you get into your. <laughs> so I mean, it's like wow, you know, and you know, I mean, we don't know that could be true. You know, we don't know for a fact. It's just all these things. It's information that's out there. And a lot of the information that they have, like, for example, on the ancient alien theories, it's uh, things that the information that they have, it doesn't seem, some of it seems very far-fetched, but some of it seems like, oh, wow, you know what? That that, that makes a little bit of sense, you know? So it's just... It's just a matter of continuing to study and research and go out there and and do it for yourself, you know? I'm not saying it's aliens, but... um, But (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens and the hair. And the hair. It is interesting. It makes you think. And I guess that's one of the things that I do enjoy about some of that material. I mean, even with the the ancient alien stuff, uh uh, you know, some of it's, you know, very interesting. And it gets you to look at ancient history from a different perspective and so you know it's all it's all pseudoscience um you know very very difficult to actually try to prove any of that but if anything what it should be able to get you to do is to look into those uh, to that history those situations and those cultures um a little more deeply on your own you know don't mm-hmm. don't take what they're saying verbatim and run with it and be like well you know i you know that's that's a fact because i saw it on ancient aliens or i saw it on you know 
a ghost show or whatever it was, um, take that piece of information that you've gotten off of there and go look into it deeper yourself. Find out some of the you know additional facts because again on these shows you're they're all, you're only getting a little bit of it you know just uh, you know forty five minutes of it you know or whatever so you're just getting a like a little glaze over of you know maybe all the research that they've done so you know dive in deeper and find out you know the facts of okay where did they actually get this theory from of you know why this is supposed to be in in alien culture or this culture interacted with aliens or mm-hmm. where this you know artifact actually came from and you know you might get some of what they found you might get some other answers of you know you know other beliefs and other theories of why that may be and you might end up with like four or five different theories to have to choose from of you know well maybe it's actually originates from here maybe it originates from there and you might even come up with your own um theory as to you know where these strange artifacts came from yeah yeah it's true and you know it, it it's absolutely true and i mean some of those some of those theories and and stories and and things that they put together in their research it's really fascinating you know when you when you they get into talking about the anunnaki and all that like it's just like wow it's really fascinating um some of it seems far-fetched, but, you know, when you listen to these things and, and you go in there and say, okay, well, I'm, li- I'm going to listen to their theory. I'm going to listen to what they have to say and listen with an open mind, you know, sometimes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So it's just I, I, I like to learn about all aspects, all different types of, you know, because sometimes you can pull the different information from different areas and just put it all together. And like you said, Mike, create your own theory about something, you know. Yeah, and I think learning and and working to create your own theory based on what you've investigated um, is what propels this this type of um, because par- the paranormal itself is 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 almost non it's a non tangible thing tangible thing you can't really touch it you can touch the gear if you see a ghost your hand will go through it maybe you can shake hands with a bigfoot or get run over by a <laughs> ufo but you know it's it's something that we're still trying to get a, a physical grasp on or an, a, a mental grasp on so if we all have to conform to somebody's theory mm-hmm. because they were first um it, it stunts it stunts um progression into understanding this i think that uh, I, there's some people who will read and bless them there's people who read books and believe if it's in writing then it's got to be 100% true or it wouldn't have been printed in this great big thick book so they'll study the books and they'll get an idea and they'll they'll come up with their own idea of based on the information from five books that sh- they've read and you cannot get them to open up their mind beyond what they've concluded but by reading somebody else's information exactly and um it's like it's like putting up the picture of a ghost no that's dust or that's you know it's a double exposure somehow on a digital camera and all the different ways it can't be what it what you're looking at and it's based on their background and their process of information and their belief system if you can keep an open mind i've always said there's i I don't mind talking to skeptics 
but if a, if you say you're a skeptic, Mike, because you don't believe I got this um, recording from inside that house, and and I say, well, why don't you come in there with me and you use a recorder and see what happens? Oh no, 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 I wouldn't do that because I don't believe in it. Well, that's not a skeptic. That's a cynic. And why should I waste time <laughs> talking to you or talking yeah, to that I, person? Uh, right. I've had some interesting interactions with skeptic. I used to uh, used to work with one. He would go to the skeptic conference. The skeptics do have their conferences. Um, it's true if you can believe that. Um, and you know he he was of the belief that people don't have a soul. That basically you live, you die, you're in the ground, you're warm food, and that's it. Done. Lights out. Um, and so he would get. And this was when I lived in Oklahoma, which has a very dense, you know. Christian uh, population and ideology, and so he would get into some out and out fights, like in the workplace, with <laughs> with some people there. So it's really interesting. But um, you know, trying to you know talk with him because he knew I was you know a paranormal investigator and going out in the you know all that. Um, so talking with him with about that would be interesting. He and I wouldn't get into fights. We'd actually get into some interesting discussions and. You know, he admitted one time that, uh, you know, he's had some experiences in the past that he was like, you know, you would call that a ghost. But for me, I would just say it's something I can't explain yet. It's it was just, you know, kind of interesting that, you know, he's basically admitting that he has seen a ghost, you know, and just because he's stuck in this mindset that it can't be a ghost, it can't, you know, there's there's no such thing as a soul, there's no such thing as, you know, spirits and da 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 da. So it just, even though I've seen it, I, I have to chalk it up to just something I can't explain yet because by all by all means, it just it just can't be. So it, <laughs> it's just funny how people just get stuck in their ruts and just won't budge in, in yeah and it's because of what they've learned like you said that's they've already been um some of them have been indoctrinated a certain way some yeah. of them have been Excellent. yeah exactly they've 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 you know they've learned things a certain way and like yoda says you must unlearn what you have learned <laughs> if i can quote yoda <laughs> you can always quote yoda Right? Always. <laughs> Why <Yeah>. not? <laughs> I always do. Jar Jar Binks, no. Yoda? No. Yes. No. Oh, my God, no. Do no. not ever, no. no. Yoda, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we are, oh, this is, this is, this is actually very interesting because uh, um, we, we are, we are talking uh, about something that, that I do almost daily when I'm, I'm dealing with, um, as a paranormal investigator with clients and um, this whole new remote viewing thing. And it's, it is, it's kind of nice to have this conversation with other people who are, who get that. We're talking to Denise Garcia from Phenomena Encountered. And uh, we are still with a, a young, young Mike from who is uh, a <laughs> <Yasa> Hogel. <laughs> Young, yeah, like, blue, hey, blue you're younger. Eyes, you're eyes. about as young as my shoes. Come on, you, you, you you're younger than I am. You're younger than I am. Remember, I'm from 1903. You are, <laughs> and you're well preserved. 
And your I children. Oh, your children. What? Oh, they're they're now what? Say- in their late seventies or something? Yes. Yes, they are. No, but may I say something real quick? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, I just have to say because it's already it's already midnight where I'm at, so that means it's May 16th, and I have to say happy birthday to my baby girl. She's 16 years old today on May 16th, so I just want to say happy birthday to her. Angelina, happy birthday. I love you. That's and for it. me, too. Okay, from everybody at Space Out, happy birthday, mamas. It- <laughs> James is calling. James is calling me young. Um, I have to throw out a, a quick congratulations to my daughter Ariel, who graduated college on Saturday. Oh, wow! Congrats. <laughs> I have so, a fourteen. Yeah, I got to be a little older to have one. <laughs> yeah, I was a I was a Mountie for twenty eight years, and I that was like my fifteenth job. So <laughs> that's how old I am. But I do have a daughters that are 14 and 17 and again they are for lease until they're in their late 20s if anybody's interested the uh, (laughs) but that said on the um, human trafficking scale um, (laughs) Mike Rixiger is a author and ghostorian and which I love that word and he's the author of um, it's quite a few things holy cow Uh, you've written a lot of articles um, See, and, and that's where I, I come into a bit of, I, I have a lot of respect for that because you can't just sit down and start writing without looking up stuff and doing some, your your homework, doing your research. So you have stuck your foot in these, you, you've gathered information from various forms of media and experienced yourself and come up with a conclusion and you're still looking. So you worked on something, you created a product, you put it out there for the public and you didn't put your feet up on the table and say, that's it. I know everything now. And I've told everyone, and out it goes. You went back in it. and I don't think it's possible to, to know everything. As much as I try, as much as I try to fill my brain with as much yeah. information is out there, it's it's almost impossible to know it all. So you kind of have to you know, pick and choose, you know. Well, I, 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 love, I love doing the research. I love, you know digging into all of that and um you know and, I've, and i have a perfect mate in shauna who actually who absolutely loves to do the same and so we'll be up you know hours and hours and hours throughout the night just you know diving into you know the you know local history of places we'll get into you know like the, we'll bust out the old maps and um you know use using different multiple sources whether it's newspaper articles or you know old books or uh you know we just really really uh you know dive into you know anything and everything that may be out there uh of these locations you know, you know even when you know we've already investigated someplace and we think we have all the facts you know we keep going because it, it always seems like somewhere down the road we overturn another piece of information that you know further clarifies what it is we've been investigating you know there's always other you know mysteries to uncover in um, you know that's that's to me one of the the big thrills of of all of all this is you know not just you know, you know getting an EVP or getting a you know ghost on camera or whatever which is fantastic um, but to me part of what we're doing is giving these uh, spirits a voice today you know a, a lot of them have been lost to time and um, you know 
people have forgotten you know who lived there or who worked there you know whatever the type of location it is and as we're researching we're we're uncovering these people in their lives um that they had led and so we're bringing them back to life these days as we're actually trying to communicate uh with them there at the location so um yeah we we are a voice for them uh, in today's society and I and I think that's important because they have a story to tell that you know it has been forgotten. And I think, you know, our society today, and I think it's probably been true over the years is, you know, as we keep going on further down the road, you know, we lose and we forget, you know, the people that came before us. And I think it's important that we take this information that we have and keep passing that on to the next generation. We can't, anything that we do here, we can't really take it with us to the other side. So, um, what we can do, though, is keep it perpetuating here and, and pass it on to those future generations. Yeah. Denise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree with, with what he said. He, he said it perfectly, actually. Because well, he's an author. He can just he can just <laughs> do that on the top of his head. He can. He's, yeah. He expresses himself so well. <laughs> he do, don't he? Um, he do. He do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Talking about all these paranormal sh- TV shows, if you were going to, if someone was going to sit you down and make you watch one, Denise, which one would you watch? Um, I I do like watching like the uh, the paranormal witness ones or the uh, haunted house ones. You know the 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 accounts like people's personal accounts when they retell their story i always find those interesting um because a lot of times when somebody's retelling the story i'm like oh i remember having something like that happen to me when i was younger or um i i do watch uh paranormal lockdown i you know i i like that one it's entertaining and i you know i i I do like that one oh i I like watching dead files as well now Mm -hmm. just because i watch these shows doesn't mean that i'm like oh these are you know it's bible and this is what i go by and it you know they're shows you know just like you watch but you know i do i i do like watching dead files i i like steve deshavi you know like the way he investigates and the way he uses his his law enforcement to investigate the paranormal and so you know just I find that one. I actually find that one uh, really interesting. So, yeah. but like I said, does it mean that I'm going to be like, okay, well, this is what I learned on this show, so this is how it is. <laughs> so, you know, I don't Mike? want. Sometimes, yeah, because sometimes people think like, okay, you watch the show, so you know, you get everything. No, it's just I, you know. Well, even I, I, even Steve. Steve's a friend of um, Space Out Radio, and, and Steve was saying that uh, what he tries really hard to do is not have an experience. Mm, he, yeah, he yeah. Really I, I, has to separate that. He he takes a case, he does his thing, he interviews he, the family yeah. and off he goes and does all the follow up and Amy's the one and she doesn't want to know anything. So she's complete mm-hmm. opposite and comes in. So, yeah, and I really enjoy that show and and I mean when I had him on when I had him on my show he explained it like that he's like the paranormal's a perpetrator to him and he just treats it like he would a, a regular, you know, crime investigation. And I yeah. it's really interesting. I mean, he's he's a I think he's a really really brilliant guy, so Yeah. You know, I enjoy that show. Yeah. Mike, how about you? Oh, well, yeah. Um I I do like Dead Files and how you have the two sides there that, you know, basically doing their their own investigations that come together. And um, it's just amazing to me how, how so much of that uh, lines up. Um, 
you know, I liked um, Ghost of Shepherdstown when that was on about how it was like an investigation of the entire town and they had their war room set up and all that. And so I thought the presentation of that um, was done pretty well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, what else? (laughs) Um, You know, I'll say like, you know, the the show that that I liked is, you know, way back in the day. Well, it has to be way back in the day now, I guess, um, because it was like 15 years ago, I guess. Um, Black and white? (laughs) No, it wasn't that long ago. Scariest Places on Earth. Oh, yeah. that predated uh, Ghost Hunters and all that. I mean, Ghost Hunters kind of blew everything up when that came out, but Scariest Places on Earth predated that. And um, yeah, I remember being in some of those old uh, forums and everything. There was a, I think it was a Yahoo group or something that was like that that was out there specifically for Scariest Places on Earth. And um, I remember just getting some really, really interesting discussions about uh the paranormal back then because there there weren't really any other shows on at that time that were dealing with with that and you know it was a it was earlier days of the internet so um you know they they kind of uh, we kind of all help point each other in some different directions about you know types of uh supernatural phenomena as to you know maybe d- different sites to check out or you know other forums or bulletin boards you know that were around at that time uh, so it was you know back in the early days of the internet where it was like we were really just discovering uh new sources of information um because before that it was like you know you might be able to be some you know, you know maybe some information you could find in a library you know if you were in a bigger town i was in a smaller town so they didn't really have that um or it might be information you could find if somebody had like a esoteric bookshop <laughs> or yeah. something so um yeah so when that uh, when that show came out, it was in those days when you know that information was finally starting uh, to become more available. So it, it was one of those that just helped you know spur me along. Yeah, it's I I basically if I was going to watch Paranormal, it would be just the Dead Files. That's it. Um, some yeah. of the uh, I I tried dipping into Netflix and a few of the little mini documentaries on anything from UFOs to ghosts. And it just, you know, it's uh, same old thing regurgitated. Um, some are interesting. What I watch on Netflix, what I watch on Netflix and even on like Amazon Prime, um, I watch a lot of the history and archaeology shows. Yeah, um, those are cool. Because they give you a lot of great background mm-hmm. yeah. in these different locations, these different cultures that... You know, as you're investigating the paranormal, you're going to come across. And so as you're coming across, um, you know, these different things, you have something to uh, draw back on. And so but again, you know, even with those those type of shows, even though there's probably a lot more facts that are put into those, it's still told from a certain angle. So it's another one of those follow up on it. Um, You know, it's it's not it's not straight, you know, everything rigidly, uh, you know. These are the rigid facts of it. You know, do your own research even with that. But um, to me, it gives you a lot more background information for what we're doing as paranormal investigators. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think yeah. you think back even into high school, you know, one of the things that was drilled into your head was don't take everything at face value. It was do your own research. Don't take somebody else's opinion for it. Um even in reading a, somebody else's uh, thesis, read it, 
get an idea of it, but don't take it as gospel until you've actually looked into it more. If you're going to rely on it for for anything in um, in, in research, anyway, uh, it's a everything's a guideline. Everything you read or watch is a guideline um, that may help you go on and uh, investigate or come up with your own decision on a topic. But uh, if you keep that in mind, and that could could be why I like doing the police work because it was just one big puzzle. Everything yep. was um, everything that someone would come to me and say, you know, someone stole my bike. Okay, it's a puzzle, and let's go. And that's what paranormal investigations like. It's a puzzle. It's um, and I get, you know, it, it, it's it's almost like a, a jigsaw puzzle that someone's taken five or six pieces out of it, and I, I'm gonna kill that person when I find it. But it's I, you never seem to catch up to it. You know, every time you come around a corner, there's another another piece of the puzzle that you have to find. Just when you think you've got it all figured out, I think the only way we figure this out is about. Two seconds after we clock out, <laughs> when the meat sack fails to work, and we take that step back, and we go, "Oh, this is what it's like." <laughs> right. But I can't tell anybody now. This would make a good TV show, but they can't see me. And how am I going to get paid? I also think as soon as we understand how all that stuff works, we get called back. So it's like, oh, so now you yes, all figured yeah, it out? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. time to go. <laughs> You're yeah. not going to tell anybody else. Yeah, it's true. It, it, because I don't think I don't think we're meant or, you know, whatever powers that be out there in the universe, they don't want us to know all of that. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's something Shauna and I have talked about quite a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's a a set of rules out there that, you know, we don't know of on, on this side of the veil, but they they have over there that, you know, they're not allowed to tell us for whatever reason that may be, you know, we can't know that secret yet. Because, and, and, you know, it's sad to think about, but I, I think we all know people that have been involved uh, with the paranormal that have passed away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so why wouldn't they come back at some point and say, Hey, Hey, I know you you guys, we were all investigating together. I know you want to know this. Here it is. You know, and it just, it hasn't happened. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, I I agree. It's it's the weirdest thing. You'd think, well, the great Houdini thing, I'm going to come back on Halloween on whatever day. And they all waited for him. And who knows, he might have come back, but nobody saw him. Or maybe he wasn't in that position to come back. It's... You know, I, I've, I've heard, I, I've heard, I've heard a lot about um, spirits. And, and again, this is the last three years dealing with uh, psychics from all over the place. Uh, the ones that help police locate bodies and, you know, help them give, get ever evidence to, to continue a crime investigation. Um, some were psychics to the president of uh, the U.S. and his wife. It just really kind of high, highly respected psychics and they talk to me about what they see on the other side or when they communicate with um, beings from the other side or, or lost souls and they, there's sometimes they, they, they're seeing the same thing from different angles it's like interviewing a witness to a car accident if you've got five people all in different positions they all see the same thing but they see it differently 
So the advantage with us, what we do, we three do, is we get to be the one writing all those statements down and, and getting those different views, which helps us kind of determine something from, well, in my case, I can't see what these psychics do, but I've interviewed enough of them to understand that it's all the same thing they're seeing. They may describe it differently, but they're just looking at it through a different lens, but it's all the same thing. And it's getting that same thing um, written down, I guess, and uh, and really really digested as maybe this is what it's like on the other side of the veil. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of where I'm going now with uh, my paranormal team where uh, I'm really pushing the remote viewing and identifying everybody before we go in and then doing research kind of like Steve does go out to the um, archives, pull up a few things and determine who these people are. And uh, we find out what the, client wants do they want them out uh does the uh the being itself want to go cross over then we'll do it we're probably the most hated paranormal group because we'll go to a building that everybody knows is haunted and when we leave it's not haunted anymore so huh. <laughs> the next paranormal group shows up and said yeah i didn't get anything there <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's i think that's where we should be going what do you guys think? Well, I mean, I think it should be uh, first and foremost about helping the client. You know, if they're, what good does it do if you go to a location, if you were called to a location, to, and all you do is just investigate and say, yep, it's haunted, bye. You, you didn't help the client, you know? So, yeah, I think it's doing that a lot of times is what should be done, you know? Uh if you're called to a location and, and they're having trouble or they're, you know, they're asking for help because they don't want to leave the home or they don't want to, you know, close down the business or whatever, what have you. And, you know, you go in there and you investigate and, and you figure out, okay, there's something here and then you're able to help them clear it. That's, you know, that's offering help. Even if, even if let's say, you, you know, you tell them, oh, I don't know, I won't, I can't help you with this, but let me connect you with somebody that can. You know, yeah, and I think yeah. it, you know, I, I think it depends on what the client wants. You know, there's I, I've been on plenty of investigations at a residential location where the client has said, you know, look, I, if there's something here, you know, because we've been experiencing stuff, it hasn't been bad. We just want to make sure of what it is that we're experiencing. Um, they don't have to go. We can we can coexist. We just you know want to be sure what is here. Um, where there have been other ones that have said, oh, we, we would like it to leave if there's something here. And so we've done cleansings, too. And then, you know, when it comes to historic locations, um, a lot of times, you know, it's more discovering who or what is actually there to, you know, help solve whatever may, you know, mystery might be at this location or what have you. Um, like the Golden Rod Showboat, there's always mm -hmm. the mystery of what happened to, to uh, Annie because she just showed up, you know, in the water alongside the boat one day, and uh, her her ghost haunts there. Um, oh, and I got to throw a shout out real quick. Uh, please help the Golden Rod Showboat uh, <laughs> to be saved. They're in a lot of trouble right now after the flood. 
Um, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So they have a GoFundMe, so help go garage sale vote. But you know, and so that's a different uh, situation there, where you know they're not necessarily looking for spirits to be crossed over. They're looking more to find out more information um, about you know who was there and what happened to the people that were there. Well, and that's uh, the the Goldenrod is is down in Parkersville, West Virginia, isn't it? No, that's uh, it's in Campsville, Illinois, right now. Oh, okay, it was originally for for decades. For decades, it was uh, right there in the uh, uh, St. Louis waterfront by the arch. Oh, that bloody arch! Um, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but right now it's in it's in Campsville, Illinois. They just had a lot of flooding over there, and um, it's taken on uh, a lot of damage from that. So. Um, the because uh, they were looking to move it back to the St. Louis area um, this year, and now that whole plan is in jeopardy because of the damage that it's, it's taken on. This is something that we do with Hunter Road Media is we try to mm-hmm. uh, you know help uh, a, a lot of different historic uh, locations um, to be safe because this is this is a location that was endangered last year from uh, from meeting the wrecking ball. They were going to scrap it uh, last year. Got saved and they had this plan to move back to the the St. Louis area where it had been for a long long time and now with the flooding it's in danger again uh because it's taken on a lot more damage so um so yeah that's one of the things we do at Hunter Road Media is we try to help out these different uh historic locations I mean there's there's a lot that we do with um the hauntings of them but when it when it comes down to it um you know we need to try to preserve these pieces of our history before they're lost to time is that is um I just keep thinking of there's a boat on the water and there's flooding. How could it be damaged? It would just come up, wouldn't it? Because this particular boat, um How yeah, old it is. Yeah. Well it's hundred it's hundred and nine years old for one, yeah. but um it was not actually in the water. Um it was it had they'd already had hull damage. Um a couple of years ago they tried to move it to save it. And they actually buckled the hull, so oh, they geez. ended up they ended up running it aground um, until they could put a plan in place to, you know, save it. But the owners at that time decided that well, we're gonna scrap it while the caretakers were trying everything they could to um, to save the thing. And they finally came to an agreement last year, of, you know, moving it back to St. Louis and all that. So the boat was actually run aground next to the river. Well, with all the flooding, it, you know, the yeah, flood water came in. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, there was like eight feet of water within the boat. And, yeah, it's... I don't, it, uh, I, I don't know what it is about paddle wheelers, but we've got one up in uh, not too far from where I live that's haunted as heck, too. It's, um, I don't know what, what the attraction is with the energy from a docked paddle wheeler i know the energy is great along the water any moving water that well yeah in this this particular location yeah you have the you have the water there of course that's a great conductor of of energy uh there's also um a number of limestone bluffs that are in this area too so you have that and then just you know you have over 100 years worth of, of history that are that's there within the boat um you know one at least death that seems to be accidental or some foul play with Annie. Um, captain Bill Minky, who was, um, you know, he was the captain on the boat for, for decades and it was his life and 
soul. Um, you know, he's on there because that was that was his boat. You know, and he actually died on the boat. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of different things going on um, with that particular uh, boat. So it's you know interesting history along with you know he had the old you know ragtime music and melodramas and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff uh, that, that were going on on the boat. Oh, that's very cool. Um, I, I really hope that that they can, uh, you know, with that GoFundMe page and with everything that that if something can be done to to save because I know that it's got so much history and it's so old and you know I I think it's important. I really hope that something could be done to to save it. Well, yeah, yeah so too. You know, it's uh, kind of that last vestige of that that period of American history. You know, it was the biggest and most luxurious showboat of its time, and you know when that's gone, you're, you're losing, you know, that part of Americana, and mm-hmm. you, know, you can't, you can't replace it. You know, all the other ones. I mean, there's a, yeah, there's some other, um, you know, little ones that are still around, uh, but they're they're about gone. And so this is kind of the last uh, of the big ones. And so yeah, I really hope uh, people are able to pull through and, and help it out. And if anybody wants to find the link, if you go to the Society of the Haunted on Facebook, their Facebook page, look for uh, the, uh, the the post from uh, May 13th, and it'll take you to the link um, about the uh, GoFundMe and the Goldenrod preservation effort. Again, that's at the Society of the Haunted Facebook page, and uh, yeah, give them a like and go through there. You go there, the Haunted Road Media page, or you just go to the Goldenrod Showboats Facebook page because they have yep. a they have a Facebook page. Lots of places to go help these people. <laughs> to help, yeah, to and go that, help the Goldenrod Showboat. Now, it's I, I have a real issue with places like uh, Waverly Sanitarium and place where places where they charge you X amount of dollars to come in and tease something that had a really bad life and you know have a couple of beer and leave. Um, but I'd like to talk to you and get your opinion on that when we come back after this uh, next seven-minute break. And we'll be right back with more from Mike and Denise after this. The SOR Sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences. Hi there, this is Mike Schmidt. If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense... Head to spacedoutradio.com and file a Sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. SOR Sightlines. Your answers are a click away. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. Hi there. I'm Butch Wachowski, lead investigator with U4COP. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries. So tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Wachowski's Strange Days. 
Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit. And expect a miracle. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, Two Mediums and a Large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. This is Eric Markham, news editor for Spaced Out Radio's The Encounter Online. We have put together a great team of writers and journalists from all over the world to bring you top-quality paranormal stories from alien encounters to the latest conspiracies, you won't find any of that fake news here. True stories and top-notch reporting as we look to bring these experiences to the mainstream. The Encounter, online, only at spacedoutradio.com. Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream. Stories so weird that we'll leave you scratching your head wondering, is this real? It's as real as it gets with Pacific North Weird. You can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. Become more intimate and interactive with Spaced Out Radio. Join our Space Travelers Club with your new membership. For $5 a month, we'll provide you with special access to the website, monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings, along with monthly newsletter, private interviews, and more. Sign up today to be part of Spaced Out Radio's experience. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. You hear footsteps in the empty room above you. A rocking chair begins rocking by itself. Don't be afraid of the things that go bump in the night. Reach for Spirit Story Box. The iPhone app the Huffington Post UK called the only ghost hunting app you will ever need. Spirit Story Box. The spirits are telling their stories. Are you listening? 
strange creatures lurking in the night, the sounds of wood knocking in the forest, odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy, and I would love it if you join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between. Hey, they don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information, look us up at spacedoutradio.com. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and hashtag Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody, to Spaced Out Radio. It's me, James Tyson, in for this last night of covering for Dave Scott while he was at a paranormal conference down in near Boston, Massachusetts. This is Boston. Anyway, <laughs> next time he's going to go to someplace like Idaho. Something easier to say than Massachusetts. Um, so you've got me and you've got uh, the young and the restless um, Denise Garcia. She is a radio host, a paranormal investigator, and researcher by night. And uh, she, she has one of them fancy little radio shows out on that thing they call the Google Net. It's out there and... You can uh, look her up at, uh, I guess you're doing Box Doc with uh, Mooney and D. Is heard with uh, D-, D and Dan. That's uh, Phenomenon Dan. Encounters on Tuesdays, and Box Talk is Wednesdays and Thursdays. And we have with her, her being Denise, uh, we have Mike uh, <laughs> Rick Secker. Am I saying that right? Rick Secker, yeah, you got it. No, I mean Mike. That's how I say. It. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, Mike is pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, pretty good straight. As long as you're not from Massachusetts. The uh, actually, actually, I lived in Massachusetts for ten years. Ah, cool. Then I next time I have to say that word, I'll get you to do it. Um, <laughs> he is author of paranormal books: uh, Ghosts of Maryland, Ghost Legends of Oklahoma, Campfire Tales, Midwest Ghostorian Case Files, Volume One. And Encounters with Paranormal, and a series of books of Encounters with the Paranormal. He's done lots of writing. He's been on a lot of radio shows. And he hangs out with uh, our nice Vanessa Hogel and does, what is that little thing you do? The Edge of the Rabbit Hole? The Edge of the Rabbit Hole is our uh, live stream show on uh-huh. on YouTube. That's every Tuesday night at 930. Cool. 
And uh, Mike, Mike has actually been on on my show several times. I think the, the last time we were true. saying that you you were a, uh, I think you you hold the. <laughs> <laughs> the most uh, return the, the the guest that has returned the most <laughs> to phenomenon counter. Yeah, I think that we had figured that out. That yeah, I was like the most. So you're the which most is an honor. Re- it's an absolute honor. Of course, thank you're, you. Thank you. You're the phenomenon of the phenomenon encounter. <laughs> uh, before the break, we were talking about, or I wanted to get into the use of um, a haunted location as a uh, money source for an entrepreneur to uh, basically bring people in who want to cash in on this whole paranormal investigation thing to get out there and, uh, you know, stick a microphone in something's face, uh, get high and run around rattling a cage in an old prison or an old uh, psych ward. And I personally am offended by that because I think... um, you know, these humans were just treated crappy in life. Um, and again, you go back to a sanatorium where the reasons you might have been stuck in there for life were was from anything from Asperger's to being bipolar to being, uh, uh, you know, just having a crappy time with your parents to Down syndrome to whatever. And treated like you know abused physically mentally and sexually until you died and you're lost in that building and now here's a bunch of people coming to poke at you and ask you what your name is and you know are you dead do you know you're dead and having a high five seeing what they can get on the recorders and going for a beer i'm and and somebody actually taking money for that, I, I think it's um, an injustice. It's like putting a a uh, I don't know a merry-go-round in the middle of a cemetery. It's just it doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, maybe I'm just soft. What do you think, Mike? No, uh, um, I understand where you're coming from with that, and a, and a lot of that I think comes down to the type of investigators that get in there. I mean, what you brought up there about. Um, you know the type of questions that people are are asking, and you know. You know, some of those being like, you know, do you know that you're dead and, and things like that. And I've worked with investigators like that before and then stopped working with them because uh, mm-hmm. I do believe that's an offensive question to ask. Um, you know, I I understand where, you know, and these are, you know, historic locations. Mm-hmm. So I understand one side of it where, you know, they do want to be able to make some sort of money somehow in order to um, fund the upkeep in the restoration and preservation of these you know, different locations. Um, but I think there's also a responsibility on the part of the investigators that, uh, that go into these locations um, to have a respect for the dead that's there. You know, whenever I go in on an investigation, um, you know, I'm treating these people as people. And I think a lot of uh, investigators forget that. And, again, it goes back to what we were talking about with the shows before where, you know, all that's entertainment. And that's what a lot of these people who want to investigate are seeing. You know, it's just the example on on TV. And a lot of those examples on TV are the, you know, 
you know, can you, they treat them like guinea, guinea pigs, you know, can you slam a door, can you make a noise, can you hit me, you know, do you know that you're dead, and, and all of that, and so there's not that that respect and that reverence for the dead, so it's, you know, I, so I'm kind of mixed on it, because, well, you know, I, my, you know, I have that half of me that wants these, that's wants, uh, you know the historic places to be preserved. At the same time, exactly. Yeah, um, you have these investigators in, that are going in there and not respecting the people that have been there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, how do you police that? I mean, yeah, and and I've you know I I know several people and I've talked to several people that actually own historic locations. And like Mike says, a lot of times you know the 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 what they charge goes into uh the restoration project of the location to you know to restore it to the upkeep and all that my my partner uh daniel class he owns a hinsdale house and and you know they're they're doing a restoration project on the on the hinsdale house you know for the upkeep and to just to you know so that to, to restore it to keep it you know going to preserve it for the history and whatnot and and it's true, you know, what Mike is saying, it depends on, you know, the people that go in there, everybody has different styles. And, you know, some people are very respectful. I know Mike, you know, when he goes in with his, with, you know, with his group, and they do investigating, they it's, it's not that type of like the type of investigating that you were uh, referring to, where they just go in there, and they're just, you know, questions that, do you really need to ask? Do you know you're dead? I'm like, what are you going to learn from that? You know, it's not going to further your research, or you're not going to learn anything from that. Um, but then you, you know, you've got some investigators that they do. They, they, they go in there and they do things respectfully. They treat them as, you know, if you get, if you're going to go visit somebody in their home, you're not just going to, you know, open the door and be like, hey, start asking them a bunch of questions, right? You're going to, you're going to respect them. You're going to, and there's people that do that. Um, like Mike says, how do you police that? I mean, maybe there should be uh, rules before. I mean, and I'm sure a lot of these places do have those rules. But um, I know uh, sometime back there was a lot more of that provocation scene uh, where, and I know that there's a lot of investigators that have sort of steered away from that now. So, which is a good thing because I, I really don't like that provocation. I, I hate it. I don't think there's a necessity for that because it's very um it's disrespectful you know oh it's it's horrid yeah yeah Yeah, and i think every every um i think everybody should go you know you should approach every investigation with with respect i mean these are people that they used to you know they used to be here you know at one point and they're they're people and they have their rights and they have you know and if it just it just says a lot about the person you can you know you could tell a lot about a person by the way they treat other people and that goes the same how are they treating these spirits you know so yeah oh yeah it's and these poor spirits that are trapped in these locations you know it's it's different maybe in a hotel or an old house but in psych wards um it it's where broken people were and they're broken in spirit because they do hang on to that same personality and it, it, until they cross over. And I just feel so bad for them. And it's, it's um, you know, I don't mind, like you were saying, um, the Goldenrod, the, uh, a ship like that that has that is haunted. A lot of souls will come back. And like, mm-hmm. gosh, I was talking to my mom last night when she died in, 2011 but long story but uh yeah not the death part but talking to her 
but uh-huh. through a psychic last night. And my mom still goes to a location that we will be doing a paranormal investigation on, which is now, it was back in the 19, from 1947 to 1952 or 53, a, um, a music venue and dance place. And uh, my mom used to go there when she was like in her 20s, late 20s, and dance with, you know, go, go there to meet guys and do all that stuff. And it's now, it's a strip bar. And so when I heard that she went there, I said, Mom, you're going to a strip bar? And she goes, no, no, no. And <laughs> the, the stripper, or the stripper, the, the psychic says, the uh, no, no, she's in her, like my mom appeared before the psychic as she would have appeared in her early 30s. And and described her right to the T because she had a, a silver streak in her hair, black hair with a silver streak. And Skeeter, the psychic, was describing this. And I'm going, yeah, you got my mom right up. That's her. There's no way you would have known that. And then she told me she was going to this <laughs> this place that's now a strip bar. And I guess my mom laughed and so did the psychic saying, no, no, no. She goes there. She goes back um at the time, it was a, I don't know how this happens. I'm going to have to interview Skier about this. But she goes back at that time when it was still dance a dance bar. And all the people she goes dancing with are also crossed over and have come back because they like going there. Weird, I know. But uh-huh. it's, this psychic could not know who my mom was and describe her to that perfect, perfect um from head to toe, and a, and she, my mother and I, through the psychic, had a conversation that only my mom would know, talking yeah. about our family. So I have to then, if if A and B are true, then C has got to be true. So I'd like to research a little more about C. How does somebody who crosses over come back at a specific age and go to an existing building but goes to that existing building back in the 1950s or late 40s. And again, time being man-made. See, there's mm-hmm. one of those questions that kicks Ex- up yes, saying, that, I want to do yeah. uh-huh. paranormal talk, investigating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about time. You're right. It is a man-made concept. So Mike and I, I get into these topics all the time. <laughs> we do. I think we have yeah. talked about this one specifically. Yeah. Sure mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't. I don't think it's you know this river of time um, that we've been accustomed to describing it at. And I've been working on a theory for a while that um, you know it's more. It might be more perpendicular in nature. Yeah. You go to a specific location, and at that location, you have everything that's ever happened there um, over time, even future time. Mm-hmm. That. For whatever reason, however it happens, that um, those moments in time will overlap, you know, between between dimensions, and yes. you know, you hear uh, examples of interactions with people on apparitions, where the apparitions are looking at you and interacting with you as if you are the ghost. You know, exactly. kind of almost like the movie The Others. Yes, it's yeah, really, really interesting. So, yeah. 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 It's 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 exactly like that. We've had this conversation before, and actually, Mike and I think exactly the same way on this topic because we've talked. You know, that's exactly how I think too. Like time 
you know, we, we perceive it one way, but that's, it's just, like you said, it's man-made, you know, thing, and I hate to bring this up, you know what movie I'm going to bring up. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Watchmen. <laughs> okay, if you've ever seen the movie The Watchmen, but Dr. Manhattan, the way he describes time and the way, it's just, it, it it's, you know, that's pretty much the way, pretty much what, what what Mike is saying and the way Mike and I believe that's Dr. Manhattan's theory, how it it all pretty much happens at the same time. Because when he's explaining his story and he's saying, you know, what happened to him, he starts to explain his story and he says, OK, um, uh, this happened to me back in. I'm going to say 1903 because you like that year. <laughs> this happened to me back in 1903. And yesterday I did this. Like he's talking about his story as it all happened at the same, you know, everything that took place in his life all happened, I guess you could say at the same time, but I don't want to use the word time because in his brain, he doesn't perceive time as time. It's just happenings, situations, things that are going goings on you know things that are going on and like mike says perpendicular different on different planes different times but happening simultaneously do not use the word time just happening simultaneously and like he says if, if you see if you go into a location and you see what you perceive as a ghost or a spirit or an energy or something maybe it's that that energy or spirit from the 1930s it, it's it, you know they're looking at you from their time and that's something to think about so yeah yeah, that's kind of weird. I, a friend of mine, um, Mark Nisbet, who does the Gettysburg ghost tours. Yeah, he's the people that he talked to will. Uh, I think one one fellow uh, story he related was a a guy who had a t shirt. One of the tourists had a t shirt that had Texas written on it, just Texas on the front, and he was walking at it in a certain area of Gettysburg, and this disheveled young guy, and maybe in his early 40s came up all kind of barefoot and rough looking and he looked at uh, the tourist shirt and said texas and the and the guy looked down at his shirt where the words are looked back up and buddy was gone and it was like he had that that kind of feeling and this has been was kind of relayed to me through mark was that the witness had that feeling that it was the fellow was absolutely um, amazed that he had a shirt with the word Texas on it. The guy was almost giddy and that it had Texas. And that area was where a bunch of uh, Texas volunteers had, had died. So yeah. did this guy actually come out and was absolutely shocked because the word Texas was on his shirt? Huh. Um, did the word draw him out to where he could be seen? And you know he they both i guess were had that mexican standoff on who's more um shocked <laughs> than the uh-huh. other <laughs> texas uh and then he faded away <laughs> and the witness is going yeah. texas where the hell did he go and wow yeah so they were in that that kind of <laughs> but you know yeah. what did this what did the spirit think what it was like oh am i is this is this somebody replacing us is this um you know is this is this a new person coming to the battle um some people talk to spirits there and and some people have gone over to gettysburg and tried to cross over some of the spirits and some of the kids from the south you know they've been away from home for years 
And their only family now are, are their fellow soldiers, and they're not going to leave them in battle. Because they yeah. will look over their shoulder and says, we're right in the middle of a battle. I can't leave my my guys, my boys. And then he goes back. And they're going, well, what, you know, what battle? Stories like that before of, of people trying to cross over soldiers at battlefields. And I heard this one from my friend Kat Gash, and I think I think this one was at Antietam. And, um, you know, the the psychic that she was with was crossing some guys over, but there was this, um, I think it was a lieutenant that was there. It might've been a captain, but, um, you know, he decided that he was not actually going to cross over, even though he was given the option to do so because he knew that there were more soldiers, uh, out there under his command that he didn't want to leave behind. So he was voluntarily staying behind until the rest, you know, decided that they wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah, we could we couldn't uh, the house we cleared today of the thirty some spirits, two or three at the back of the property or back of the home, they couldn't cross. They didn't understand because of the noise, and it, these guys were soldiers, like from uh, it would be the uh, British and French wars in Upper and Lower Canada back in the late sixteen hundreds, and there. Uh, there were it was the noise of the battle and they would look at the psychic and then look away like they were looking at something and they just kind of said yeah well everybody else leave it'll give us more space kind of thing and they just focused on what they were doing so they were they had no intent to leave and they were engaged in the battle at the time we were there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and what are you all's thoughts on that like uh- I mean, I personally think, because sometimes people are so intent on trying to make a spirit cross over, but the spirit doesn't want to. I, I think that it, it should be up to the spirit. That's just my, if they don't want to, then, you know, let let them be. That's that's my opinion on that. What, what do you all think about that? Yeah, I also believe it should be up to the spirit, spirit's choice, whether they want to go or not. Maybe they have something here that they still want to stick around and do. Mm-hmm. What if yeah. What if the client who owns the house wants it out? I'm dealing with one of those now. A nice little old lady in the basement, not bothering anybody, but the uh, um, client says, not her house anymore, and um, I would rather have my grandmother come back and hang out here than somebody else's grandmother. Right, no, I get that. And um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a crossing over, but you know, kind of explain to the spirit there, hey, this isn't your house anymore. Is there some other place you can go? You know, might not necessarily be there, but maybe it could be another favorite uh, hangout or something that they had. Maybe even try to reach some sort of, I don't know, I mean, it sounds funny, but try to reach some sort of agreement. Listen, we're going to have to uh, know how to coexist with respect or something because at the same time, you know, I, I mean, it depends. I mean, if, if this other spirit is being harmful and it's being, you know, it's attacking and okay, well then, you know, you're, you wouldn't want another human being to be coexisting with you. That's uh, attacking you and hurting you. And, uh, but I mean, if it's something, because then what if, what if it's existing in that basement? But like we said, <laughs> from their time, you know, and it's happening, you know, like, we, like Mike and I were talking about being perpendicular sort of in a different right. plane. It's, you know, it gets, it gets confusing. Maybe, maybe that's why they're so stubborn sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because to them, it's like, it probably really is their home and their dimension. Yeah. Of existence. Yeah. So, um, but 
But, but I, what I find kind of interesting about this conversation, um, because I've had this before, uh, this conversation before, that um, you know, that, that's kind of our viewpoint here in the Western Hemisphere, uh, because we, you know, between the United States, Canada, you know, even Mexico, and, and, and you know, into Central and South America, um, these are relatively newer countries compared to you know, European countries, where you know, over there, overseas, you know, at least from the people I've talked to over there, they have more of a mentality that when they, um, you know, buy an older home, um, you know, they, it's kind of already understood that the family ghosts are going to come with the house because a lot of their houses over there are hundreds of years old, you know, (laughs) predate, you know, some of them even, you know, predate, you know, the age of our country. So huh? um, it, it's kind of already understood that, you know, th- this building, this ho- this house is going to come with some stuff in it. And it's just, yeah. under- they're going to cohabitate with you. <laughs> yeah. so I, th- I just, it's interesting that the mentality is very different. Yeah. Between- you know, yeah. Th- th- and that's what I'm talking about, like being able to respectfully coexist, cohab- cohabitate, you know, it's, I think it can be done, you know, it's, but it, it all depends. I mean, you you can't then you get into how does the, the person that's living there how do they feel about it what i mean it's just uh you know you can't force somebody to want to live with an entity either so i mean it's just it gets really complicated yeah and um there are people who, who spirits will go to to be crossed over um there are those high high vibration people that just bring them home anyway yeah because those spirits think they can help them. And then there's the other spirits who are just going to walk around like, well, the ones that I always run into are the, the ones who've done something bad on this side and think mm-hmm. they're going to go to hell. The children who, whose mom and dad are still alive. And when they passed, they're confused. And some old person shows up and says, come with me. And they think stranger danger and back <laughs> away. So they yeah. don't cross. And the ones in the hospitals who, it's an accident, and they get confused. Um, and then there's just the ones that um, miss the opportunity to go um, and think they've they're well. One lady who actually walked right through me once, and uh, in an investigation a couple of years ago, we crossed her over uh, about a month ago. She thought she was supposed to stay at this house and help the owner because the the light or wherever she was going to cross over had disappeared and she thought oh i must this must be what i have to do then now that i've died and she That's didn't realize so she was confused and then she realized as we were crossing over one of the other people there she said oh i can go off she went off a little girl went and then a, a lady a chinese lady from the 1800s that was a tag along to the owner um, she went. What was really interesting, just between you and me and everybody else listening, um, <laughs> the <laughs> the lady, everybody who crossed over went to the light. The Chinese lady from the 1800s who looked like she was about 90, I guess, had long gray hair, and she was wrapping a tea set in a little, like an apron-y kind of thing and wanted to carry that with her. She crossed a river, a river presented itself, and the psychic Skeeter 
could feel like she was standing on a boat in the middle of this river. And the lady came, she comes through Skeeter's energy and crosses the river. So it comes down to the belief system of the individual on what they believe they have to do to move to the other side. Wow. And, you know, not just belief system, but also paths. Everybody's path. What is your path? What has the universe chosen for this individual, for that individual? And maybe that's just the way uh, that spirit's path was supposed to go. Maybe that's what the universe intended for that entity, for that spirit. Maybe it goes beyond just belief. Maybe the belief systems are set there because that's the path that each individual is supposed to be on. I mean, there's just you could just explain it so many different ways because if you think about it, you know, the universe is just one giant web and we're all coexisting on that giant web. You know, we're all part, just tiny little pieces, of part of that the same, you know, web of life, if you will. And there's a different path for everybody. So it's a... Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, I, it gets deep. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Not just with crossing over, but even with um, you know going into some of these investigations and just protecting yourself. How you know you could have you know six investigators on your team for that night, and each individual has their own belief system, and so going in to protect themselves for the investigation, they're each doing something different. And yet, all six of them are, are protected just fine. So, you know, how do you say, you know, which is the right belief system? Well, to me, I think they're all right. They're all fine. As long as, you know, you believe and you have a faith that what you are doing is, you know, going to protect yourself um, going into the investigation, you're fine. And so even with the, the crossing over, yeah, I think it, it comes down to the belief system of the person. You believe that, you know, by doing this, this is going to happen. As long as you have a you know strong, diehard faith of that, then okay, that's that's exactly. going to happen. Yeah, yeah, because then it gets down to then you can you know it gets down to we, we all everybody is you know you're the creator of your own you know, world universe. You know, you masters of our own fate, captains of our own soul. If you believe that you know, going down to belief system, then maybe that follows you even when you go, you know, when we cease to be, you know, in our bodies and we're just energy. Maybe that follows you into that stage, you know, of existence, you know, where you're the captain of your own soul and you create what 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 happens for you next. You know, it just, it's just it gets really, really deep. Yeah. <laughs> I can go and, on, yeah. And if you, if you actually get get that getting really really deep kind of take that expression put it aside it's a lot easier to think about don't think about mm-hmm. it getting deep and it'll make it's, it really flows nicely and <laughs> it starts making sense and you you get a whole bunch of really cool ideas but don't be afraid to think that don't be afraid yeah. don't don't think about it as being deep because that intimidates I, I say us. that because yeah. I say that because Every time I start to explain that, I get, you know, it's happened to me where I've been ridiculed for. Oh, that's why you carry you know, a gun. <laughs> I've been ridiculed. Like people tell me, oh, God, you really, you're really going to get into this. Are you, come on. And then I, I get looked at like I'm, I'm crazy or I'm, I'm the idiot that needs to be educated because 
I have, you know, an open mind. And I, so that's why I'm like, I understand. I understand that this way of thinking is not the usual way of thinking. But you know what? For right now, I don't know if you would agree with me. I think more and more people are starting to open up and, and understand and think this way. And, oh, yeah. And, and th- yeah. there's an awakening happening and people are becoming uh, in touch with the, you know, with their selves, with their higher selves, with the, you know, that higher consciousness. They're, they're realizing that there's more out there. There's, there's a lot more out there that's meaningful. It's yeah. not just wake up, go to work, you know, do your mundane thing and then come back. No, there's, there's a lot more out there that if we explore and if we listen and if we really put our ear to the web, you can feel it. And then that's how you can receive those messages, you know, call it spirit, call it the universe, call it what, you know, what have you. That's how you can receive those messages when you really get in tune. If you can find a way to connect yourself to that web and download those messages into your brain, <laughs> you know. It's, it, we've had entire shows about people's awakenings. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't believe any of this until 2012. So it's, 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 it made a lot of sense for the things I experienced as a kid and as I was older and all through my police career. And now it makes sense. But at the time, no, I just thought I saw weird things. Uh, guys, we had a question from one of the uh, people in the chat room, and they're wondering how we, uh, as paranormal investigators, are going to clean a house. How do you cross people over? Um, I I don't do that personally because okay. I don't I don't have that ability. I mean, I've been in I've been on um, those before uh, where we've had a you know psychic medium that's crossing somebody over. I've been a part of the circle and all that, um, and we've done you know I've taken a part in cleansings where I've been one of the people that um, you know depending on. How see this also comes into the play of the beliefs of the client too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, depending on their beliefs, there might be a different ceremony that you conduct. But you know, I've done whether it's the you know the prayer or the salt or the oil or just hold the candle, whatever it is that we're doing, the sage. Um. So, yeah, I've, I've, as far as the crossing over, I mean, I don't personally do that because I'm not. Again, I'm not a psychic medium, so you can uh, do it. You can do it. You just well, won't I can know sit when there it happens. And, <laughs> right. I can sit there and say the words and you know all that, but I, I would not. I would not. Um, I, I don't want to use the word sell, but then I'm going to use it anyway. I would not sell myself to a client as somebody who can cross somebody over because um, exactly for what you just said, I wouldn't know it. If yeah. I did it or not. And that, my daughter and I crossed over the spirit that was hanging out in our basement of our house. And we didn't know until we checked with psychics later. And they said, oh, yeah, he left. And he didn't want to. He had his head kind of bent down. And he walked towards what you guys had set up. And off he went. And we we could feel it different down there. But he wasn't a bad guy. He was just he was somebody who used to live in this house. And he liked my kid. And she just would not go down to the basement ever since she was a little girl. Yeah, but I'm not going to go to a house for somebody that wants, you know, if they've asked for, you know, the spirit to be crossed over. And again, to me, it comes down to the decision of the spirit. Does the the spirit want that? Um, But I'm not going to go there, you know, just as myself and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to cross the the spirit over. And then when it's all, when my whole thing is said and done, 
Um, and they ask, so did it work? And be and sit there and say, uh, I don't know. No, I haven't got a clue. Maybe. See, see if the mug goes Maybe. flying off. The, Maybe. For a thousand dollars. Um, how about, yeah. how about you, Denise? Do you cross over? Um, cross them over? I know I've, I've, I have with my mom. My mom and I have worked together and, uh, we've, we've done, uh, been able to cross over spirits. Um, when I was younger, uh, when at the beginning of the, the show, you know how you read that I always knew that I would receive those messages, but I would shut that off and just sort of ignore it. So, you know, when I was younger and I would work with my mom, I just, I never, I guess you could say checked in to say, okay, I did this. I would just sort of just stand there. My mom would, you know, going down to the belief system, mom would say, you know, don't just stand there. You need to pray. You need to do this. You need to be doing. And so, uh, you know, I, a lot of that I learned from my mom, my mom, as much as she'll say right now, because of her belief systems, I mean, she's still very real, not, I wouldn't say religious, spiritual in her Christianity. You know, she's got that, um, she will not say she and I tell her mom, yeah, you are you are psychic, you do get, but she'll she denies it, but she knows she is, you know, <laughs> but she's got that struggle. Um, but she always, I remember growing up, she always knew when, just like a psychic medium can tell you, okay, yes, it's done. They they could feel it, they could communicate with spirit. They they knew that the spirit, whatever, had crossed over. They had gone home. They had gone where they were supposed to go. And sometimes she knew, well, this this spirit doesn't want to leave, and it's it's harder when you're dealing with a with a uh, spirit that doesn't want to leave, you know. Um, but my mom always knew. I knew I always had that ability, but I shut it off. Now that I'm, you know, more in tune with that, I can. I feel like now I don't feel like I'm just in the way, you know, whenever I've worked with my mom on things like that, I, I can also sense it now and say, you know what, this is, it's like, I can poltergeist, this house is clear, you know, I can, <laughs> you know, I can also sense that, but I do believe that it's really like, like, um, Mike was saying that it's, it's, uh, very important to have somebody who can connect and can sense a psychic medium or, or somebody, a sensitive, someone that can sense, you know what, it, it's been done because otherwise you do it. Maybe you did it. Maybe, maybe you, you completed it, but how are you going to know 100%? Yeah. So. And that's yeah. it. When, when I do it. When I do it, I, I get Skeeter. Um, it takes two of us. She's in Washington State. I'm in British Columbia. We're on Skype. Um, I'll give her an address. We bring up the front of the house and just look at it literally on Google Earth. And she just stares at it and she goes and, and does her meditation, gets into it, like turns all the, after that, she just turns off the lights around it and uh, she's on the phone with me. And then she takes me into the house. And I, a, cup, a couple of the ones we did, I've actually been in them doing investigations. Uh, and she walks in and says, okay, the, there's a laundry room on the right. There's two, a washing machine, a dryer, a laundry tub. And then, and she'll describe the inside of the house, which she's never been in, uh, other than she's seen the front of it and describes it room to room. And she says, I'm now being approached by a male energy. Um, he's wearing this. He looks like he's from the 1920s. Uh, he says his name is Frederick. Well, actually, she's not really great with names. I'll, I'll say what is this. I'm, I'm the one who asks the questions. She's the one who gives the narrative as she's going through these things. So I'll ask a question. They'll answer it. 
to her because they they hear my question when I ask it. Um, they actually know. It's funny, like the guy today, uh, a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force who passed away, he said, oh, Mountie, eh? It's like, <laughs> how did he know that? And Skeeter laughed. He says, because he's connecting. He's the the three of us were connected, and he we crossed him over. But he, um, you know, they actually Skeeter is too minute too much focused on it. And what she does is she offers her offers her energy, and she imagines herself as a door, and then it opens, and then the spirit, if they want to cross, goes into it. And as they go into it, Skeeter actually feels them, and then she she can um, detect what's behind her, and if there are people waiting and who they are, and as the spirit goes through, it says, okay, I see my husband, I see my kid, I, this. And in one case, you know, she was on a river, so the door opened, the lady came to her, and Skeeter's kind of wobbling like she's standing on a boat in the middle of a river and sees her cross the river. And that's how we do it. Um, Skeeter does all the work. I just ask the questions and take notes. Uh, the house we did today, I've got maybe five or six pages of notes on the names of the people we ran into. Um, this, and this what's really interesting. It's a Jewish family, and this guy's spirit guides, the kid who lived there, um, his spirit guides, he died at birth. He's a part of a twin and he died and um, came back, and he's uh, a bit uh, handicapped. But the as a result of it, but his spirit guides are Archangel Michael, Saint Anthony, and Saint Elmo, and he's Jewish. So huh. religion okay. doesn't mean a thing. I, yeah. We had a girl on last night whose spirit guide came through, and it was. And she's your basic Canadian Albertan. Her spirit guide came through as Ganesh, that elephant thing from India. Oh, yeah. Don't be feeding peanuts to my idol. And, he, and um, it, what was she was in tears because she did a, a deep meditation, and this came through as her guide. And she actually has it tattooed on her calf. Wow. And, of course... Skeeter is, you know, thousands of miles away, has no idea who this person is, but describes, this is your spirit guide. And the girl burst into tears. So how do we do this? Don't know. But uh, I do my best to try doing filling my police brain up with things I can confirm. And this is my mm -hmm. ego kicking in. Um, I want to know, okay, there's a ghost named Charlotte. Okay, where did he die? Where did she die? How how long ago can we get a get a get a last name? Because I want to go look this up. Yeah, Skeeter right, doesn't care. Charlotte doesn't care. I just go ah, you've given me a puzzle, and I have to find the answer. But um, <laughs> that's my that's my part of it. I do the I do the questions, and Skeeter does the the cleaning. And if they don't want to cross, like well, we had one last night. He was the man who owned the house, and uh, I think his name was, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, uh, Rick or Richard. He owned the house. He was from the 50s or early 60s. He said, I don't want to leave. It's my house, and but I'll have a beer with the guy if he wants. 
the fellow the, being the client who phoned. But uh-huh. she passed. She crossed over uh, a couple of other spirits that were in there. But the owner, he says, no, I'm good. So, but that's how we do it, um, which is a lot easier than the old way of putting a candle and holding hands and inviting something to come in and hoping the candle will blow out so you have some idea it's gone over. But it's way easier doing a, uh, a psychic coming to do a remote viewing. And plus... I, I swear, guys, if next time you do a paranormal investigation, let me know, and I'll uh, hook you up with Skeeter, and she'll come in with you and tell you where they're standing, who it is, and if you want to set up a camera or a recorder, at least you're not walking around in a 2,000-square-foot house looking for something. She'll take you right to the room that they're in, call them all over, and have them sit down and talk to you. Wow, that's that's that sounds really interesting. Yeah, that's. I wow. think this is the way I think that paranormal investigations may be going. It's it's uh, a remote. Obviously, somebody you trust is being accurate, but remote viewing and um, literally, I want to try this uh, possibly even next weekend at a uh, a museum, and it's. Uh, like take my laptop with me and a phone or, or an iPad and plug in Skeeter and say, okay, I'm in this room. What do you see? Wow. Yeah. That would be, that would be a, a neat uh, experiment. Yeah. So that, that could be what I'm going to do next week. So we'll see. But anyway, that, thanks for the question from, uh, from the chat room there on Spreaker. Uh, but that's how we will get them over or I get them over. And, um, you know, again, it's, I think anybody can cross them. Um, it's just like Mike and I were saying, if you don't know they're crossed, then what's the point? You're not really helping anybody. And how, and first of all, if you don't know they're crossed, how do you know they want to cross? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, there was another question that they, that, uh, they want answered in the, in the chat room, uh, Beyond the Omniverse wants to know if any of us have spirit guides. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, I, I believe that everybody does as well. And then some people yeah. are able to connect with them and communicate with them. And some people haven't been able to do that. Yeah. I, I've always been explained to my spirit guides are standing around behind me. Imagine a bunch of people with like no legal pads and a pencil looking at you like saying... Like with that look on their face, like yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What do you want? I, I was kind of imagining them because I've been told before, couple of, by a couple of different people that I have like ten of them surrounding me. So I just imagine these ten people around me just kind of shaking their heads. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're not <laughs> going to do that again. Oh my god! Yeah. They would be shaking their head at you, Mike. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Didn't he learn this last time? No, yeah. let him go in the unicycle again. Oh, how many how many tequilas was that? Oh, don't worry, don't worry. He's gonna he'll be fine. <laughs> he's no. always, oh my God. He's always come through with a broken arm, but this this time should be better. But uh, yeah, they're they're all just waiting for you to ask for something or pay attention. Like mine, I know when I, like if I'm doing a psychic reading, I hate that word. If I'm doing reading on somebody and doing cards. And mm-hmm. I hit the information right on my whole left side goosebumps. And if I'm 
about to do something, like on my motorcycle, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't really need to slow down around this corner. And I did this through Montana, and all of a sudden, I went all goosebumps, and I went, no, I should slow down. And the curve in the road wasn't just a curve. It was like a button hook. <laughs> I would, would have been going too fast. I would have gone into the oncoming lane. So it's paying attention to those things. Your spirit exactly. guides will yeah. let you know what's going on. Some mm-hmm. a little stronger than others, and if you need to learn the message or learn the lesson of slow down, you idiot, then they may just end up uh, letting you slide underneath a tractor trailer and out the other side to in- reinforce it. Nice. Luckily, I nice. went through that when I was a kid, so I don't need to learn that anymore. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, have you talked to your spirit guides, uh, Denise? I I actually have, and. Um, it it became stronger for me, you know, in, in adulthood and as of recently, actually. But, um, yeah, and the way, for me, it, it's always a, uh, it sounds cliche, I guess, but it, it's a feeling that there's someone, but it's always, it's funny that you say your left side, because I always get the feeling when I know that I'm talking to them or when my spirit guide needs to tell me something, that he's standing to the left of me. That's... so. Yeah, what it was explained to me is I get my um, my um, ability or this thing from my mom's side of the family, and the left side of our body is our female side. Well, that makes sense because I get it from my mom's side of the family. Yeah, and our dad's side is the right. So I have this, I have a very good-looking left side. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> and it looks marvelous. Um, but that, that left side is where I get everything. And that's because it's my mom's side I get this from. And when my mom shows up, she shows up on my left side. Huh, wow. Yeah. That, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, when you, it, th- that's why I stayed quiet when you were describing how you get the goosebumps on, on the, you're the left side. I was like, wow, you know what? Whenever I sense you know, that my spirit guide is around or when I'm communicating, I always sense them to the left of me. See, so my, it's... My- Guides are definitely on the right. My and I have two big blue ones, or actually, <laughs> honest, uh, one's an ET. No, the, my my primary guide is Matthew. He's an extraterrestrial. My secondary guide that I got about two years ago was a, a, a was an Earthbound. She's a woman and she's dressed like kind of a tomboy from the 1700s with a three peaked um, kind of hat. If you had a, a lady being George Washington, that's what she would look like, I guess, uh, with better teeth. Um, but <laughs> she, but one of those three-peaked hats. And that's, I saw her. I actually saw her in a meditation, and she's the one who showed up. And to a psychic, one of the psychic, psychics, I said, she said, well, you have a female. Um, her name's uh, Arab, oh, I can't remember what it is. Um, I want to say Annabella. Is her name's Annabella. And I said, is she wearing a hat? And she goes, yeah, she's wearing that three-peaked kind of uh, Revolutionary War hat. And I said, oh, cool, that's the lady I saw. But um, yep. she's in now. But they're on my left, I, and the dead people are on my right. Sorry, dead people on my left, eat, um, spirit guides on my right. But mm-hmm. the, the goosebumps are down my left side. That's the, the switch. Yeah, interesting. 
And when that spirit walked through me, imagine having goosebumps on your full back and then w- moving slowly right through your entire torso and out. And have you ever put a um, K2 meter up on your body and it doesn't register anything? Well, this thing actually did as it went through. It actually lit up. Wow. So, so that wow. was kind of cool. And we yeah. got that on video too, so that worked. And then... I, and then I thought she kissed me, but it was actually uh, a little girl spirit kissed me because I had fuzzy cheeks. And she thought that was good. <laughs> and I asked the psychic, I said, well, if it's a little girl, I'm six foot two. How did she kiss me? And the psychic pauses and goes, she's a ghost. She can do what she wants. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, do you guys, Mike, have you seen a ghost? I got to ask you this before we go. <laughs> have you actually seen uh-huh. one? Well, I mean, the whole, like, holy grail of, like, a full-bodied uh, apparition, uh, no, I've, I've seen, like, I mostly see shadows and shadow people. Um, I've seen quite a few of them. I mean, one of my very first um, experiences and interactions was with a uh, was with a shadow person. Another one when I was a teenager, and then out on investigations, and that's mostly what I see. And, I mean, there's been a couple times where you know, I've seen, like, a white wisp or a white mist. Um, but the full-body apparition has eluded me unless, and I throw this out there, unless somebody has appeared to me as a full, solid person. You know, because I've heard those mm-hmm. stories before where, you know, somebody will interact what seems like, you know, a, a person come to discover that, well, no, that person wasn't really there. Um, and I find it, I guess what I find interesting is that, you know, different people seem to have, you know, an ability to see ghosts, um, or shadows at varying degrees. Like, um, like my girlfriend, Sean is kind of the opposite where she sees more of the, uh, apparitions than she does the shadows. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, something within each of us that, you know, maybe it's the way we read or experience the energy that um, we will experience that type of activity different than other people. Mm-hmm. Wow. How about you? We got about 30 seconds left, um, Denise. If I've, yes, I have. I have seen shadow. Well, then again, I mean, I don't it, if it was a ghost, if it was an interdimensional being, but I know that I've had experiences and I've seen uh, shadow beings, and um, I have actually seen a, a mist, a full-bodied apparition, several times when I was younger in my parents' house. So I that have. Cool. Excellent. Well, we're out of here, <laughs> and I want to thank um, Mike Rexiker, and uh, you can go to watch him with uh, Vanessa Hogel. And that's on YouTube? Yeah, the, it's the... Uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole? Yeah, Edge of the Rabbit Hole is the name of the show. The channel on YouTube is called Haunted Road Media. So please go out there, subscribe to the channel, and watch the show tomorrow night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Sweet. And Denise Garcia, you keep I've an open got- mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, Phenomenon Countered. Yes.
That's it. Let's roll. And hey, 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 hey. Let's be careful out there. Far over the snow, what are those voices? July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspections. 